Fishes podcast, everyone. Um, thanks. Oh, yeah. Sorry, wrong podcast. Welcome to the uh, <laughs> last week in cannabis podcast. Sorry, it's been a long day. Um, <laughs> should get the podcast right. You know. Anyways, kinda, it's pretty uh, par for the course for our uh, our, our podcast is botching the. <laughs> we had an awesome entry thanks to uh, to. Uh, Arise one, digital idle hands. So uh, uh, check him out on um, on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter and all the other social medias, Facebook and everything else. Um, yeah, um, helping us work on some song intros for the different podcasts that we do. Um, we'll have those all up here soon. Um, this is the first podcast that we're doing for the uh, last week in cannabis. Um, it's going to be a news show. Um, we ended up having a lot of people that really enjoyed the news section of our other podcast that we were doing, Growing with Fishes. And they said, hey, why don't you do a separate podcast and cover them a little bit more in depth or at least, uh, you know, maybe more articles per week than you guys were doing before. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, Steve said, why don't we do all the news every week? Yeah, so we're going to try and do a whole bunch of different news articles. At least the important <laughs> ones are the ones that I feel are important. And um, yeah, so this is what we're going to do is we have a, a whole list of different uh, ones. And then we're going to, um, I'm going to post all the different topics that we cover in uh, the description here at the end. So if you're watching us uh, at home, um, you know, you'll be able to check check out the different articles and read them for yourself. Uh, and, you know, also give credit to the people who, you know, put this stuff together that allowed us to, to share this information with you guys. Um, uh, we're going to introduce ourselves. Uh, first, I'll let, uh, Ro uh, we have Roger with us today and we also have Brian Grow. Um, I'll let Roger introduce himself first. Hi, I'm Roger. I'm Roger Latewood and I'm administrator for ilovegrowingmarijuana.com. I've been moderating and teaching people how to grow cannabis for 12 years. And I've been an activist since the 60s. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm Brain Grow, and I'm just a uh, aquaponic YouTuber. Aquaponic cannabis, that is. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm Steve. Um, I own the Pomponics. I've also uh, been teaching aquaponic cannabis classes for almost five years now. Um, I've worked in 
one, two, three, four, five different countries now in total or worked on projects in five different countries in both aquaponics and cannabis, uh, including Jamaica, United States, Canada, St. Vincent, St. Lucia, uh, a couple of other islands, uh, as well as um, quite a few other projects uh, in multiple different states in the United States. And uh, yeah, among many other things. Um, if you're interested in finding out more, definitely check out my YouTube channel, which is Potent Ponics on YouTube, or check us out more on potentponics.com. Um, and yeah, we'll have more information on the different stuff that I work on on the other channel, if you're, or other uh, show if you're interested. Um, okay, so uh, this uh, particular show is um, dedicated to news, events, policies, legal decisions, and important announcements related to the cannabis world. Like there wasn't a lot of really good cannabis coverage out there, at least the stuff that I felt was important. Um, so just like the other podcasts, I felt like there wasn't any good aquaponic cannabis related content on YouTube, I thought, hey, let's just start one with a bunch of the best people that are out there, including myself um, and many other the people doing it on YouTube and other growers and people writing articles on aquaponic cannabis and, you know, people in the equipment industry. Let's, let's do the same thing kind of with a news show um, and, and try to cover that. So we have a bunch of different articles this week uh, that we're going to cover. Um, I don't know, maybe we have too many articles this week, but we'll, we'll see how the show goes. Uh, maybe I need to prioritize a little bit more. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. So no, We'll always have a show next week if we don't do them all. Right? Or maybe or we'll get the show up and <laughs> we'll figure something out. It, just, I, it amazed me when I actually sat down and looked at how many good news articles there were that maybe people weren't wouldn't be aware of uh, normally. Um, yeah, so... Can I ask, were these all actually from this last week, or did you gather all your favorite to start the first show up with all the articles you needed to be, think needs to be out there? Or is no, this last week? Everything that I have here was posted from June 28th to, to March 5th. Okay. Or I'm Thank sorry, you. Just, June 28th. Damn it. May 28th. <laughs> so it is Sorry, last one too, many, one too many dabs today <laughs> we have a very open policy here at the show yes <laughs> all those dabs will do you um, <laughs> dab will do you yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah okay oh yeah one actually do you want to come on and say that Actually, that's that's probably the best news story that we have. And actually, you can even talk about it a little minute for a second. Actually, so hold on. We actually have a personal news story from the DJ on the last week, and I'm gonna even let him sit down in my chair. First, actually, he's gonna he's gonna come on in a second. So, um, uh, Mike Micah, the DJ. Uh, his name is Arise One. The DJ name is Arise One. We're gonna try and get him on my on on camera here in a second. Let's see if I can scuttle over here in the corner. There we go. Um, I'm gonna give him the headset. <laughs> I'm gonna give him the headset here, and he's gonna tell us why this week is an important week. Um, he also explained some of the case law that he helped set as well, which is real important for those of you that uh, 
at home that are, are doing a lot. Of, it's kind of cool article to start the start the show off on. Cool. All right. Hope everybody can hear me. So um, it's an important week for me, uh, and I guess anyone that's doing extractions. Last week in cannabis, I celebrated one year of freedom. I was uh, acquitted by a jury of 12 from three felony charges that the San Diego police brought against me when they didn't find what they thought they were going to find in my house, which was uh, that I was, I was growing um, on a commercial scale. They thought that was producing dabs or wax or whatever. They, they asked me where my dab lab was when the SWAT team came. Um, but it was a year-long nightmare between no-knock SWAT raid and seeing the jury. Uh, but what did come to light and kind of set a little bit of case law standard for prosecutions in California, at least, is for they consistently through the entire trial were referring to butane honey oil and, and how mm. they had found a twelfth of a gram of it in some Pyrex dish in my house, which was later determined to be falsified information by the police. Um, but ultimately, the best witness for my defense was a prosecution witness, the police lab technician. Uh, she, like the second question that she was asked was, you know, did you encounter butane honey oil when you were given this substance from this Pyrex dish? And she said, I'm not allowed to refer to the substance which I encountered as butane honey oil. Um, and the, you know, even the DA looked really confused at the time. Said, why not? And she said, Well, we're a narcotics lab. We only have the ability to test for the presence of narcotics, not for the <laughs> presence of butane. So um, I had an expert witness, uh, Andrew Pham, former uh, lead scientist at SC Labs, um, major testing laboratory, who did test, you know, the other whatever half of a 12, 124th of a gram of the substance they encountered. And it was not found to have butane, more than likely what they scraped out of my Pyrex dish was burnt cannabis butter. Um, so the, the lab technician was saying, I can only refer to what I encountered as concentrated cannabis. And uh, my public defender, Dennis Linez, thank you very much, um, was quick to jump on that and you know object and say, you can't legally refer to it as concentrated cannabis either unless you have a sample of the original cannabis from which this other substance you encountered came from. Um, so for the rest of the trial, she was only allowed to say that she encountered trace amounts of cannabis. Um, <laughs> I had uh, I had st I had stopped growing years about a year and a half before the raid happened. I had sold any interest that I had in any dispensaries. I had just gotten custody of my at the time 15 year old son, and was focusing strictly on. Um, organic vegetable production where I was a champion in eight classes at the county fair and they literally trampled right through the vegetable garden to come raid the house and then testified to court that there was no vegetable garden in front of my house and in fact uh, my google photo showed the picture of the sunset I took the night before right in front of the house with the vegetable garden there uh, multiple facebook pages for uh, purple tree farms is what I had named the um uh, the farm had a big jacaranda tree over the vegetable garden. And um, so about, there was a, probably about a hundred people raided and it was called Operation Shattered Dreams that happened that weekend. Um, and I think 94 or 96 people were 
that weren't able to make bail on very similar charges that I had were freed and got their charges dropped um, because the the prosecution realized that if you put it in front of a jury, if these people had been waiting on my case to go through, I'll do the same thing that I do and uh, did in put it in front of a jury, their own lab technicians is going to be their worst enemies. And they haven't really come up with any hurdle around that yet. As far as I know, the, the narcotics lab still doesn't have a machine that can test for butane, hexane, or any of the other gases that they refer to as volatile in the in the in the new regulations that they have since now it's apparently going to be legal to make extractions even with volatile chemicals as long as you pay them enough money um oh. so that's why it's, it's an important week for me and if you do live in california and you are making extractions and you get the no-knock swat treatment or even a, a you know a nice warrant where they come knock on your door and just ask you to look around the place which is really what i <laughs> was surprised um, if, if you are arrested and brought up on charges of manufacturing, using a volatile chemical, plead not guilty, Requ request a speedy trial, don't fall for any of the crap where they want you to waive your time. Um, oh, um, yeah, if you, um, yeah, so if, if you, if you're, if you're wrongfully arrested for it or even rightfully arrested for it, plead not guilty use your right to remain silent most importantly when they take you to the station say i'm not answering any questions without a lawyer present they'll get really angry and they'll say put you know put this motherfucker in jail and that's where you'll go until you can make bail or find out what current case law is and how you want to take a plea deal uh, in this case uh, in california at least don't take a plea deal plead not guilty request your right to a speedy trial do not waive your time. Anytime you go to court, they're going to ask you to waive your time. They like you need more time to prepare your defense when it's their job to prove you guilty. Waiving your time is only in the best interest of the prosecution because it gives them more time to build a case against you and find more witnesses against you, um, things of that nature. If you say, I want my trial in 30 days, you keep your foot down on it, which is what, in hindsight, I wish I would have done it. It wouldn't have been a long, crazy year. Um, I've you know, forgot about them having to prove me guilty. And I spent a year ensuring that I was going to prove my own innocence before we took it to the jury. And once I, once I found a, a lot of major, um, in the evidence report, particularly in the pictures where they said they found certain things, um, that's when I was ready to go to trial because it was pretty easy to point out in front of a jury that they had lied. They had, had Planted the evidence, put multiple butane, or you know, one butane can in multiple areas of the house, and took pictures of it after they took me to jail. But um, in a year, they couldn't come up with any witnesses or any better lies than what they had. And at that point in time, I was ready to go. So, number one, remain silent. Number two, plead not guilty. Number three, speedy trial, and ask ask if the lab technician has tested for the presence of butane because that's not something that they have the ability to do, uh, to my knowledge. Any of the people that were arrested in Oper Operation Shattered Dreams, the only people that were convicted of anything were those that accepted a plea deal. So one year later, I, <laughs> one year later, I don't have too much to show for it, but I got really, really good at DJing because it was the only work I could find when my background check shows pending triple felony. So also still just waiting on the San Diego Police Department to 
um, expunge that arrest record and um, show show the acquittal on paper instead of pending charges when the trial's been over for a year. So um, that's um, that, that was last week in cannabis for me a year ago. But the, I think the truths and the and the um, excuse you, Steve. <laughs> The, uh, the processes have not changed uh, as far as I know. And like I said, nobody else from Operation Shattered Dreams stayed in jail more than 24 hours after my trial. And nobody else is. There hasn't been a major raid on Butane Honeywell in San Diego County since uh, my trial. So maybe that is good that. news. That is really good news. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah they because they, they leaned on me to take a plea deal the whole way. I'll, even when we had the jury picked, as soon as those 12 sat down, they took me out in the hallway and said, just give us some names and this can all go away. I said, this is going to be too much fun right now. Like I'm ready to go. And you know, they could have, if they'd have said that a year prior, I might've, you know, out of sheer fear, you know, I, I don't know who's to say what I would have done. My bail was a, a million dollars going in and got reduced down to 150,000 after three days because they they were throwing felony child endangerment and felony child abuse at me since they were coming as felony manufacturer felony child endangerment felony child abuse um with the option to convict for a third lesser misdemeanor and ended up with a unanimous acquittal on all charges even with um, a member of the san diego sheriff's department on my jury (laughs) i think even i think even he well, for starters, he was a he was a black sheriff, so I'm sure he sees from both sides of the law like how often cops lie. <laughs> um, every single member of my jury has all befriended me, and most of them have actually taken me out for drinks since the case. So it's you know, it's not something that you ever really want to go through, but if you have to, remain strong and let twelve of your friends decide. Don't don't let the district attorney decide to tell you you know to intimidate you into how much probation you're going to get without making him do his job and, and present a case. Cause they need, they need 12 people to agree that you only need one dissenter and the worst that can happen is a, 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 you know, a mistrial. And unless there's new evidence, they can't retry you for it. So the odds are in your favor, less than 1% of all uh, arrests and in a trial, 99% of everything ends with a plea deal. So if you're really not guilty, don't let them scare you. Let, make them pick 12 people very well. Um, Southern California, 2015, I wasn't real scared of, it would be, they would have been hard pressed to find 12 people that would send somebody to prison for three felonies over um, what ended up being 1.2 grams of flour, a 12th of a gram of something from the bottom of a baking dish in my house. And uh, they weren't even able to show the jury all the, a lot of the things that they said they collected, like the cans of butane. They just, they were all still in my house when I bailed out. They didn't even clean up their mess. So they, they also couldn't produce any of the can of butter that they did find, which kind of let me know right away that it, anything that the cops are the robbers, anything they take ends up back on the streets or they have a party with it. Um, because they, they did find 560 grams of can of butter in my freezer for some terminal patients that I was baking for. But when the jury wanted to see that, they it wasn't there, nor was the thousand something grams of trim that I was using to make the butter. So it, it goes somewhere. Yeah. It, it couldn't be found in the, in the locker that had all my, all my case stuff. 
even my blasting tubes, my blasting tubes could not be found. <laughs> Nothing that related to making butane honey oil was there by the time trial came around. So, um, don't really fear the cops. They're as inept as they're portrayed to be often. So that's, that's good news. And that was last week in cannabis for me, celebrating one year of freedom and almost a year of working with Steve here. So excited to be back in the game with aquaponic Steve here. I'm going to turn it back over to him now, but thank you all for listening and tune in next week too. Great story. Great story. Thanks, Micah, for joining us. Anytime, anytime. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, well, let's oh, get to the news. Oh, go ahead. Can I ask you something real quick, Steve, so I can put it out here to a friend that wants to listen to the show? He just yeah. Skyped me and asked me where to find it. So, what search criteria do I tell him to go to YouTube is- and type in Poem Ponics? That's what I told him, Potent Ponics. Okay. All right. Yeah. Got it, then. All right. Okay. We might have a new viewer. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Poem Ponics on YouTube or Last Week in Cannabis. You can also search that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. The Poem Ponics part, I find it easier. Okay. Should we start with a new show or the articles? Actually. Okay. So the first article we have is from newscientist.com. And they say that um, cannabis could help crack addiction. Um, A quote from their article is, uh, could cannabis help crack cocaine addicts kick the habit? Um, People were 89% uh, more likely to reduce their crack use when they were taking cannabis. Uh, Animal studies suggest that the component CBD might be the best bet this component is thought to interfere with reward pathways in the brain, potentially limiting the reward feelings and taking some addictive drugs, says Volkov. Uh, from doing lots of studies on animals, CBD has been shown to benefit in reducing drug intake, she says. Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different opioid studies that have proven that states that have legal cannabis uh, have much lower opioid addiction. Um, you know, an opioid use, opioid prescription, much lower. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to see this stuff broken down into a more scientific study, especially with relation to, you know, more addictive drugs such as crack or, you know, other stuff that, you know, you really just don't want uh, people taking on a regular basis at least. Yeah, I was actually going to bring it up, um, but it mentioned it in the article how the CBD actually um, can help with addictions of all kinds. Because I think it may have been an article—I'm uh, sorry—an article that you have actually shared in the uh, Aquaponic Facebook group mm-hmm. that uh, had all the benefits of CBD. And I, I remember reading through that article and reading something about how it can actually help with all types of addictions as well. And I thought that was really interesting. So, I mean, this is just more evidence of that, you know, to uh, solidify that that's what it actually can help with. Absolutely. They, uh, the study was done with 122 crack users. Um, 89% of them showed a reduced risk or reduced likelihood of crack use uh, after 30 months. Uh, compared to a control that had no cannabis use. So uh, that's how they performed the study. 
Alrighty. Um, we'll get to the second article. The second one is from 7daysvt.com. Uh, and they say, uh, uh, work begins to craft new Vermont legalization bill. Um, as it's written now, the bill would legalize possession. Uh, the governor just vetoed the bill there in Vermont. Um, but as it's written now, uh, the bill would legalize possession for marijuana. Anyone over 21 years or old uh, would also allow adults to grow up to two mature plants at a time. Legalization would go into effect in July of 2018. Uh, would not legalize marijuana sales as far as stores go, which is one of the big sticking points. Um, Scott says he's seeking a few, a few revisions, including the allowance of sales, uh, beefing up the penalties for using marijuana around children, extending the deadline for the commission to study full pot legalization in Vermont as well. Um, those changes could be made in time for legalization to be planned in time for the June 21st veto session. Um, so if it's not changed by June 21st, you know, it's probably going to be vetoed. So hopefully they'll get that passed. Um, it's pretty exciting to see uh, more states, you know, get legalized. But, you know, some of the biggest things you want to make sure you have, and we'll touch on this, and uh, this will be a reoccurring theme on the show, is making sure that different, you know, your local township or county doesn't have the ability to tell you you can't have medicine or can't have access to something that you have the you know, legal right uh, to, to have. Um, it's totally bullshit that a township or a county should be able to um, you know, refuse to refuse sale of cannabis, um, especially when, you know, look at Colorado where it's bringing in millions and millions of dollars to the local schools, local homeless shelters, uh, and other local social services. Um, there's no reason why this stuff should be, you know, remotely restricted. Um, so making sure that your, your local township does, you know, whatever bill it is that you have with legalization, protects your right to grow at home and protects your right to have access to medicine from a store. Um, the other thing they like to do is prevent local, you know, uh, townships and, and counties to um, prevent people from growing at home. Um, again, that's equally as bullshit. Um, there's no reason why you shouldn't have the right to grow your own medicine. Um, you know, you, you can brew your own alcohol. Why the hell shouldn't you be able to grow your own weed? There's no, you know, there's, there's restrictions on volume of alcohol brewing, but you know you can make everything else at home. There's no reason why they should allow any of those restrictions. It's <laughs> bullshit, and there's no reason for it. It was only done for thousands and thousands of years until 80 years ago. So yep, you know, so maybe it's time to get back to the norm again. <laughs> yep, we have evidence of of cannabis growth going back to almost 11,000 years. Uh, as far as with humans, we have medicinal use going back to almost 3,000 years. Right. So there's no reason at all for us to ever, ever have any question as to whether or not this stuff should be legal. And the U.S. government has done studies every 10 to 20 years throughout for decades since the prohibition of cannabis and found it to be have medicinal effects and not to be harmful or, or something that'll kill anybody or be a narcotic. But that was all hidden in the uh, private libraries until just a few years ago. And that's why we're really jumping all this legislation and things are changing now. Because yep, people, senior people, upper middle aged and senior people are now realizing they've been lied to for 50 60 years yep absolutely 
Yeah, well, and uh, not to mention how, how impossible it is to convince somebody that has been fed this false information their whole life that it's actually a lie. Well, it helped when the Library of Congress had to release all those studies where the government did it and they could never prove their own case. So they kept putting it and hiding it. So, well, not to mention the fact that the government not to mention the fact that the government has a patent on cannabis as a neuroprotectant. Like, that's what the fuck is that shit? Yeah, that's Marlboro. <laughs> Sorry. But anyways, I also want to say uh, hello to everyone in chat. Uh, we have Coyote Grows, Chicken Hole, and Jules. Uh, thanks for joining the show. Uh, Jules says, I'm a person who got off methadone oxy two weeks ago after 10 years of use medical marijuana has saved my life my family uh, and i'm completely a new person uh, robert bergman genetics um so big props to uh to him and and you know uh, i hope you continue on your road to recovery brother and uh and best of luck to you you guys there hello yeah i'm here uh I just oh, I seen that Roger had uh, oh, dropped out. That's why it sounded quiet. <laughs> All right. We'll move on uh, to the next article later. Uh, this is from ganjapreneur.com. Um, Nevada's June 1st early start may face delays. Um, so uh, there's a new court ruling there um, that might end up pushing back their delay. They're supposed to start on July 1st. Um, but last Wednesday, uh, the Nevada Attorney General's office filed a complaint um, against uh, the marijuana industry. Said um, that it, there were some some issues with the way that that question two on the ballot was worded, um, that could complicate the uh, when this all gets started. Um, uh, mostly revolving how that was taxed and how they might not be able to properly tax it, and how they they're worried about that. Uh, I guess it's kind of the, the long and short of it. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out uh, in relation to that. Um, they haven't had a ruling yet as far as a follow-up, but uh, we'll try to cover that in next week's episode. Sorry, I lost my connection for a minute. It said my computer went to sleep, which I don't understand, but I think I'm caught up now. Are we that boring? Sorry. <laughs> your computer even my computer, on it. Yeah, my computer says you're you've you've been just your call's been disrupted because your computer went to sleep. Okay, yeah. right in the middle of that. I just wanted to say chicken holes a friend of ours and you were bringing up the um your friend there that talked about getting off methadone. Chicken well, holes doing the same chat. thing. That's what I was saying, uh yeah, somebody, chicken hole. Yeah. Yeah, Chicken Hole's been, that's, he was one of the guys I was telling you that might be a good guest for the other show, but this is a new show, so we'll get back to that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to get that, get that put together. All righty, so um, the next article is, uh, Judge temporarily uh, delays medical pot licenses in Baltimore. Um just temporary order restraining order on uh, on medical marijuana licenses after it was shown that um, there was some race racial favoritism uh, among the 15 finalists on who would get a 
um, cannabis production license in the, the city of Baltimore. Uh, so oh. now they're going to have a new hearing on June 4th. And there hasn't been any public announcements about the follow-up since then. So apparently there was some kind of racial bias, or at least that's the accusation. Well, I'll consider that good news that they... Uh, that yeah, not oh, all the delays are bad, I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's... That's that's definitely pretty good news to my ears to actually uh, to know that they actually uh, found that out, you know, because that's definitely one thing that I have had discussions about with people is that um, like especially just in the way the laws are set up in certain states, you know, um, some of them might restrict certain parties from uh, going into the businesses and whatnot, and that all stems back to the. Uh, <laughs> what's it called, the uh, unbalanced arrests that are made in minorities. But, I mean, yep. this is, I guess, something that probably is not related to that. I, uh, well, it, to sounds legislation. Like, it sounds like they're talking about the fact that a bunch of people uh, applied for these licenses uh, and, and, they, and they were one-sided the way it came out racially. But I know how to solve that the way Pennsylvania does with the liquor license. You have to win a lottery. Everybody that wants to pays a bunch of money, whatever they decide, and you you put it in. They draw the numbers out, and the people that the numbers get drawn, that's who gets to to be uh, commercial growing for the state, instead of just some guy in an office saying this guy gets a license, this guy doesn't get a license. That's what happened here. I'm, it sounds like in Baltimore. I would think that if they went to a lottery system, that would solve a lot of this. Go to lottery systems, you know, and then that that you can't complain. It was you know like. Everybody puts their ticket in, and they spin the barrel around, and they draw the ticket out, and that's who gets to grow pot. Well, the problem, the problem with that is, is then you end up with neighborhoods that don't have any access to cannabis. You almost have to do it on a per area or per zone basis because otherwise you end up with whole sections of a city that don't end up with access. Like when I used to live in Longmont in Colorado, um, they banned cannabis production. So I had to go all the way to Boulder to get cannabis. I had to drive 20 to 30 minutes just to buy weed. Like, it's bullshit. Again, this is why you need to prevent townships and counties from being able to do that because there's no, you know, there's no logical reason why I shouldn't be able to buy something that's less dangerous than alcohol. That's just a bullshit argument. Yeah, and then uh, you have what's going on in, uh, in my state, in Texas. So the uh, CBD law that has been passed in 2015 goes into effect this year. Um, there was uh, definitely some more viable legislation on the table this year. I won't go into that right now unless Steve wants me to. But um, the, okay, well, uh, so what was going on in Texas is they had a, um, I can't, I think it was House Bill, shit, I can't remember what the name of it was, but um they had uh, amended the current law, which is a CBD only law, and it was going to have uh, plenty of qualifying conditions anywhere from uh, severe pain to spinal injury to PTSD to cancer to AIDS to all kinds of stuff, you know. So it was a pretty it was a pretty good law and this it was going to allow for home grow. And um, what ended up happening is 
the bill garnered the support of over half of Texas representatives. So that basically tells you if the bill would have made it to the floor, then it would have got it vote. It would have got voted into law, you know. But what ended up happening is the the whole bill garnered the support of everybody. You know, it passed the uh, public health committee, and then um, the public health committee held on to it till it was the last day to schedule it for a vote in the calendars committee. So, needless to say, it didn't get scheduled for a vote. So we now have to wait for 2019. Um, but uh, what they were trying to do was they actually did a bait and switch. And after the bill already had all the support, they pulled out the uh, right to grow your own, which completely infuriated me. So in the end, I was actually happy that the law didn't go through because it would have um, directed uh, all of the power of the cannabis in Texas. Every single dollar made off of cannabis sold in Texas or otherwise would have um, had to flow through the hands of the state. And even at that, just like Steve mentioned, how the uh, licensing, um, the way they pick the licensing, these are just, you know, who knows what the fuck criteria they go by. But um, all three of the... Um, companies that they awarded license to 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 sell cannabis in texas are all in austin and one of them's out of atlanta i mean i would have thought especially being texas that they would have had some kind of provisions on there where they would have made it to where at least the license the licensees that they choose would be from in state you know i mean it kind of makes sense to me i mean i don't know but um so now what's going on uh, by the end of 2017, they are going to push this CBD law into effect. And um, from what I've heard and on read on news articles that they could actually possibly have the first cannabis available by the end of the year. And uh, since these other laws didn't get passed through, then we're, we're dealing with CBD only cannabis and uh, all three of the cannabis dispensaries are going to be in Austin, Texas. I mean, to serve the entire fucking state of Texas, how much sense does that make? Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. There's how many thousands of square feet? It's the second largest state in the union after Alaska. And that's yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> What's debatable? Well, you, anybody that lives in Texas will declare that that's bullshit. Sorry. What? Oh, it's the second largest? <laughs> Sorry, it's not bigger than Alaska. Oh, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, no. He's, Alaska he, is almost no, he's, double the he size. Means he, um, I, I get the joke. Sure. I get the joke, Roger, was, because uh, people from Texas are uh, not going to admit it. Uh, prideful for no reason i'll just i'll just put it like that they're super prideful for no reason everybody's proud to live in the state of texas and nobody could give you a valid reason why and i i, I mean just from living here you know from the legislators and the people that are, are in charge of the laws that go into effect here in texas i yeah. can't see any reason why people are so proud to live in this fucking state because i don't know that's what i was surprised people are, uh, crazy yeah. 
I'm surprised you got you guys have got as far as you have because Texas is like if you ask me which would be the last state that'd be one of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say Texas would be one of the last ones to do anything, but so they're doing CBD. That's what South Carolina's doing you too. Know what? Going to you know what? So yeah, they're doing CBD the for intractable epilepsy. Who's the last state you think it would be? It's Mississippi, right? Even Mississippi I would, I would has say. a CBD law. Even Mississippi. So when someone tells you that cannabis is dangerous, <laughs> bring up the fact that even Mississippi has your law for children. That's, you know, there's no reason. If, if even Mississippi can understand that, I think we can... I think we can reach a midway point with these people and reach some kind of middle ground and actually make progress with this. We don't need to be at war with each other. You know, we, we, we yeah, can make absolutely. If even Mississippi can do that, there's no reason that we can't all come together and, and to some kind of reasonable agreement. You know? Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, chicken hole. No. Uh, so chicken hole asks, is it not legal in all 50 states? No, it is not legal in all 50 states. CBD is not. not. The CBD, oil, CBD no. officially is Schedule 1 and recognized as a non-medical uh, beneficial component or substance or something. They just did that recently. In fact, I went on one hell yeah, of a rant. I went on about a 20-minute rant when that happened. If you go back and look at the episode, um, <laughs> I don't remember what episode it was, but I went on a, just an absolute just cr crazy rant about because there was no reason for that. The only reason to target CBD people or target CBD specifically is to hurt children. If you hate children that have seizures and you want them to suffer, if you hate cancer patients and you want them to suffer, if you hate age patients and you want them to suffer, you hate people with muscle spasms and you want them to suffer, or you hate people in pain. So if you hate those people, then you're going to go ahead and make cannabis schedule one. That's the only reason. There's no other reason in the entire universe to make any of that illegal or to make it schedule one unless you're just an asshole. Like there's absolutely no, unless you're just a heartless, soulless person with, with no empathy whatsoever, there's no excuse for that. And by the way, there's no no explanation can THC you can make a couple of arguments that people can get intoxicated from CBD I could I could do I could do 12 dabs one gram each of CBD and knock it high a pure hundred percent CBD so you cannot tell me that it's intoxication or anything to do with an actual worried about people being hot it's bullshit doesn't happen it's all about that money it's about money and greed Yes, sir. Anyway, or uh, one thing, one th another thing is is how it how it helps. It's helping people. It's helping uh, drug addicts, people from the war that you know that came, uh, veterans and drug addicts alike that are trying to wean off a of methadone and the hard uh, hard pharmaceutical uh, uh, options that are out there by using CBD oil. And uh, and some of our our listeners tonight are those very people. Yep. In fact, and, uh, that's one of the articles we have this week. Was uh, hold on, let me find it here. Second, the Veterans Affairs Office um, spoke out about how it helps reduce here. Uh, hold on. American Legion. Veterans Affairs. Uh, the American Legion came out uh, in in favor of it last week. 
uh, well, not last week, the week before, but the Veterans Affairs Secretary, David Shulkin, uh, spoke out in favor of medical marijuana for veterans on a federal level. Um, this guy's actually involved in the federal government. Um, this is by the, the cannabis.co. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll cover this article. It was actually it wasn't the next article we were going to cover, but it was coming up soon. Um, and the the state of uh, Virginia uh, addressed the White House Wednesday. Veterans Affairs Secretary David Shulkin said federal law prevented prevents government uh, uh, prevents the department from implementing any potential benefits. Uh, of medical marijuana for veterans, uh, and that needs to change. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's pretty pretty great to see some of the federal government employees, especially within Veterans Affairs, coming out, you know, in support of cannabis. I know I think we've all know uh, a veteran at this point that has been dramatically helped by cannabis for both PTSD as well as um, you know getting off to some of the pain medications. A lot of these veterans have pretty traumatic injuries and need long-term pain medication and. Um, you know, cannabis is not addictive. You know, if you if you happen to you know not do a dab, you might be in pain, but you're not going to be shaking. You're not going to go through withdrawal. You're not going to go through any of the things that happen with any of these opioids that they got these guys hopped up on. Um, so there's there's no reason why we shouldn't be helping these guys, especially after they go and they, fight. you know, it's kind of fucking, it's ridiculous. So. We've got met a couple on this show since I've been helping out, yep. hanging out, yep. hanging out. We're hanging out, aren't we? We're hanging out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, a couple real cool guys. Yep. Actually, it turns out that was the next article we were going to cover. That's kind of funny. Well, rolling on is never a bad thing either because that last article, you can just roll the page back a little bit and we can talk about that one too. But that was right. You were in order, huh? Accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. All right. All right. So, well, that's excellent. <laughs> well, I need to go ahead a little bit and see what's going on, see if I can catch up and help you out here. We're on uh, row nine, if you're looking at the sheet. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I was waiting, waiting but uh, yeah, we're we're real professional here. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Uh, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm slightly underprepared for this week. Uh, I'll try to be a little bit more prepared for you guys next week. I just... Uh, it's been a little bit hectic lately. I'm trying to get ready to move here again to uh, to go back up north here on a different project. Well, multiple projects up here going north, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'll have a lot of, of footage for you guys here sh very shortly. So, uh, The next article we have comes from the cannabis.co. Mexican man forced to 10 marijuana grow in National Forest sentenced. Uh, the defendant was arrested October after forest rangers spotted uh, uniform rows of crops uh, in a wild area of the forest using Google Earth images. <laughs> yeah. Fucking idiots. Um, a Mexican man who paid his debt to smugglers by guarding a clandestine marijuana farm hidden in the San Isabel National Forest has been sentenced to one year in federal prison by U.S. court judge Brooke Jackson gave Cleo Esteba Estrada Calabrera uh, 20, at age 20 credit for eight months served. He already served in jail awaiting a sentence. Therefore, only has four months left to serve before he's being deported. So, 
I guess uh, I don't know, it's something that's not widely publicized, but a lot of times they'll they'll bring people over in exchange for you know marijuana grow time. Um, I know I, it's not the first time in California, so. Huh. To work in the fields, huh? Do they work off their debt? Yeah, it was not often news, and I thought it was interesting and something different, you know. Yeah. Wow. Messed up for sure. Interesting in a bad way, but. Um, sure. Well, the worst it. part about it is when you get caught, you're subject to that kind of situation. That's what happens, you know. But that's sad when yeah. you're trying just to make a living and you get, you know, because you're growing some weed, you got to go to prison or get deported. Or, well, I guess getting deported, that's a whole other thing. We're not going to go into that, I hope. So, yeah. <laughs> It's not a political show. <laughs> it's a cannabis news show. So right. Deportation as much as possible. Yeah, as they say, the most dangerous thing about weed is getting caught with it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Homeboy got caught. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the next article is from... CO. This is massive study launched to compare the effectiveness of CBD to prescription drugs using the largest patient sample size uh, and uh, history of cannabis research. Uh, they're hoping to glean insight from over 150,000 patients in regarding CBD patient demographics in relation to seizures, uh, specifically uh, demographics, applications, uh, psychographics, and perceived effect. Uh, Perceived efficacy. Efficacy, sorry. You're starting to break up there, Steve. I hate to throw it at you, but you're starting to, your your microphone's going kind of buggy here. You know, it's never happened before. I hate to bring that up in the middle of the show, but you're kind of blowing out every other word almost. Yeah, you broke up for about the first half of reading that article. It sounds like, you know, kind of like, so it sounds like a, where it's plugged in, maybe? Something intermittent with your wire or your plug-in, maybe? Can you guys hear me a little better now? That sounds like you normally now. No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, once in a blue moon, we have a problem with the router. I, I, I can fix it on the fly. Sorry to interrupt you without just texting it, but you, you, nobody was understanding what you were saying, so I had to catch it. No, that's fine. So we'll, we'll reread that. Um, massive study... A medical marijuana company, Hello MD, um, using the largest patient sample size to date, researchers are hoping to glean insight from over 150,000 registered patients on uh, CBD demographics, applications, psychographics, and perceived efficacy, uh, mostly in relation to seizures. Um, so that'll be pretty cool uh, as far as getting uh, some more. Um, medical studies done on, on cannabis. So is that they're going to conduct a study or they're collect they're collecting data from people? Uh, they're currently conducting the study. Yeah, because they were oh, not going to okay. legalize anything That's or make a big broad scale thing until they do now. Even though they've already done studies for 60 to 70 years, they've got to do more studies now that it's out in the open. That's it's Yeah, like, and it's I mean... Total bullshit. It's total bullshit. The, the, more, the more studies, the better, though, because yes. whenever these uh, these 
politicians that claim that they're ignorant to all of the data that's actually already out there. You know, they say we need more data, we need more science. You know, that's often the argument that especially conservative politicians will make. So, I mean, the more studies, the better, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I like that idea, too, with that concept, too. That, that is an excellent point. Alrighty. Um, <laughs> I had something else to say, but I, I wanted to listen to him. So uh, the brain grew, and I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. No, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> I was going to say something in response to you, but then I listened to you know what your your you know what you said. Um, but go on. Let's just roll on. Roll on. <laughs> <laughs> This next article comes to us courtesy of leafly.com. Um, again, all these articles are posted. I'm going to post all the links in the description here in a nice, neat format, so you guys will have them. So that if you're interested in reading the articles in depth, uh, you know, full credit will be given to all those who wrote them originally. Um, Furring hash oil explosions, California County, Sacramento County to be exact, uh, restricts butane sales. Um, beginning next month, residents of Sacramento County will be able to possess only 600 millimeters of uh, butane chemical solvent, or two standard can sizes. Retailers in the county will face similar restrictions, and butane sales will be capped at 600 milliliters per, per, per transaction. Sales will also be required to record the date, quantity, and customer ID of everyone buying butane in the county of Sacramento. No customers may purchase, wow. may purchase more than 600 millimeters of butane per month. Milliliters per month. Per month? Holy that's shit. bullshit. What are you going to do if you dab all wow. the time? <laughs> like, that's not even reasonable. Like, I could go through two cans of butane just smoking my normal dabs. That's some bullshit. And not only that, like, are Coleman, <laughs> like, is, is Coleman cans going to be go? Cause, because I use a Coleman can, it's cheaper. You know, or, or you know, what, what if I go to Home Depot and just buy a pipe sweater? Is that still you know like this is bullshit maybe the email industry is behind it <laughs> it's a stupid rule oh yeah you're gonna have to have a contractor's license to buy more you know what it's that evil email cabal <laughs> i'm telling you <laughs> the email company is paying off these politicians to that's pass a, laws a, like a that conglomerate. E email uh, email conglomerate. Damn you, Doctor Dabber! Uh. The Coke brothers and Dick Cheney. The, the, the Coke brothers and Dick Cheney, and yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm starting to starting to shape up oh, my man. thoughts about how we'll prepare better for the show next week. It's I mean, that's that's how shit like this happens. Though, yeah, again, you know, I apologize, guys, for the growing pain. No, it's fun. Not, it's fun. It's typical. Yeah, it's, I'm not fully prepared fun. for the show at the moment, and. Hey, added up with the uh, this episode this week. Someone's gonna have to take Steve's nail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone needs to take the blowtorch away before the show. <laughs> so, um, Wisconsin plans to cut off Medicare and food stamps to those who refuse drug tests. Uh, Wisconsin Governor Go uh, Scott Walker, everyone's favorite governor, wants to make Wisconsin the first state to require. 
childless adults paying <laughs> Medicaid undergo drug screening, a move that could serve as a national model. Um, yeah, anyone that knows who Scott Walker is knows he's a cheating piece of shit who used Karl Rove and a bunch of other people to steal the election multiple times. Um, anyways, there's lots of evidence to go into that, but without getting super political, uh, this is one of the most bullshit things. Uh, they tried this in Florida. Governor Scott tried this. Um, less than 0.2% of those they drug tested actually came up positive for drug tests um, because most people would just use fake urine anyway. So there's no reason to do all this. You're, you're pissing away thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in taxpayer funds uh, with you're breaking up, Steve. Sounds like you're going through a keyboard synthesizer. <laughs> Steve, you're breaking up hardcore. R2D2. Sounds like Star Wars. It sounds like Star Wars. <laughs> Oh shit! Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you're coming through clear right now. Okay. Where did I leave off? I don't know. You went on for you a while. About Florida. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Florida. Okay, so they tried this in Florida. They less than two percent of the people, point two percent of the people that tested that tested positive for drug use. So they ended up pissing away, it was like all, uh, multiple millions of dollars for 0.2% or less of the population to end up coming positive. So they, they, they saved, they spent almost 18 times as much for testing those people as they did in benefits for the people that would have benefited that were drug users. So... This is just. It's yeah, I think I may have bullshit. heard about that one, and I, I thought, um, I thought Donald Trump was uh, already trying to push some legislation through like that. If not, then um, that's probably that the story not. I heard about because I, I had heard about it. Uh, the drug testing for the uh, welfare benefits, like food stamps or whatever, and they caught a very, very minuscule population with that. Uh, yeah. That was that was Governor Scott in Florida. Right. Oh. Governor Scott. Looks like you didn't have too many articles. So yeah, that was that one. Um, I missed. I don't have nothing else. Huh? But, well, mine, mine. Well, this stuff went away. I must have to refresh this or something. Because eight articles on your... Yeah, I thought you had a whole bunch. <laughs> well, go on. I'm just going to sit here. and yeah, uh, 48. I'm going to play like I just got my little phone and can't actually pay attention either. <laughs> so, new, a new randomized... <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Double-blind placebo, uh, double placebo-controlled study finds cannabis, uh, ca uh, CBD uh, helps kids with uh, uh, rare forms of epilepsy. 
Uh, a randomized double blind CB control study, a gold standard design component with a rare form of devastating epilepsy. The results published in the New England Journal of Medicine provide the first solid evidence of marijuana that can be used to treat epilepsy, uh, something that can uh, something that some patient groups and advocates have argued for years. Um, so that'll be really good. Hopefully we can get more of these. They, uh, the total patient size is 120 patients um, in the U.S. ages of teen. Um, all the kids had a rare form of epilepsy called Devret syndrome and suffered from drug-resistant seizures. Uh, yeah, D R A V E T syndrome. Yeah, it's Dravet. Dravet. Uh, intractable, uh, lifelong intractable condition generally caused by a mutation in the S1A gene. This is from Ars Technica.com. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, and this gene is. Go ahead. Uh, that's actually the one that uh, was responsible for the uh, law that got pushed into effect in in texas and i'm i mean to be completely honest the only reason that we probably even got that first stepping stone is because one of the girls uh her name is alexis bortel she is one of the epileptic patients that um she had to flee texas and one of the stories on one of the cnn uh documentaries about it uh was about her and just because of bringing that coverage to Texas is, like I said, that's probably one of the only reasons in the first place that re we really got that first stepping stone of a CBD law. And because of that, you know, our, 20, our 2019 is looking bright. And I myself am thinking about going to Texas and uh, telling them that, hey, uh, y'all need to keep this uh, grow your own in the bill because that shit y'all pulled last time was completely visible to the people you know like y'all try to pull the grow your own just straight out from under their toes you know and that was that was complete bullshit yep cool cool well i'm definitely caught up now okay yeah oh and and now, <laughs> now, that, now that i see the next story can i segue to the next story anybody got a sure sure well, the next story has to do with Israel's cannabis decriminalization. And you were asking me what was the last state, the United, the last state that would decriminalize cannabis? Israel. That was the one. Israel. Yeah. That's kind of funny because, it, well, first off, it's funny that you're Israel as a state of the U.S., which <laughs> is a whole separate topic. But <laughs> I'm getting into that whole clusterfuck. Um, uh, Israel actually has been uh, has a, a pretty long running cannabis thing. Um, can Israel like used to think themselves as the farthest along in the medical cannabis field, uh, having dealt with a bunch of their sales reps in Jamaica. They're not. <laughs> we have stuff that's far ahead of them in the United States now. We are much farther ahead. Um, are they doing the same thing? Are they doing the same thing? It's going to just, they're going to dumb it down or, or make it less potent? Are they, are they, are they caught no. up in the same issues that our government is? No, I mean, their government has their own set of issues, but uh, yeah. they don't, 
I, I don't know. That's a whole. That's a much longer conversation to get into. But um, sorry, yeah, I thought that was pertinent. When I was in Jamaica, there was a guy that was there, and he was like, oh, I have this cannabis, and it's like 12% CBD. It's the highest in the world, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? Here's like three different strains that I've tested out 14% or higher from my house. <laughs> like, the guy just didn't, wasn't aware that the United States was that far along. So it was just kind of comical to see, like, Oh, maybe in the rest of the world that might fly. Like they probably started it and then just stopped in their tracks. They're like, oh, we've got the highest thing in the world. And then they thought yeah. that was going to last or something with how active breeders are in the United yeah. States alone. Yeah, well, you know, it's just like, the, I, like having been everywhere else, the United States is some of the most, if not the, the most meticulous growers that I've visited over the five different countries that I've visited grows so far so that's interesting so you consider 14 percent on your end from what you've experienced you consider 14 percent the high end of cbd potency what? no there's oh, oh okay CBD, then I was, there's I, cbd I strains that are in the there's cbd strains now that are well into the 30 percentiles well that's what Robert strain. I don't want to go into that because this isn't about the, the Monday, the, the Thursday show either. But I was going to say, wait a minute, we're close to thirty in with one of our strains. So, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's kind of okay. funny to hear someone walk in from another country and think they're hot shit with twelve. Is my my point? <laughs> oh yeah, twelve. Like, yeah, kind of, it's kind of like, dude, no, like, yo, like y'all are you're, growing hemp over there, bro. Uh. Yeah, like, like that's <laughs> right. way behind the curve, dude. Like, like in Colorado. <laughs> And I've I've was a, a thing called the the forty percent club, which is above twenty percent THC and CBD in one strain, and like we've done that one time through a official testing lab. But there's less than twenty people that have done that with a legit testing lab, testing it not themselves. So, you know, it's just depending on what strains we're using and methods and. You know, blah 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 blah, but okay. to hear some wave their dick around over twelve percent is laughable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, that was maybe a little vulgar form of expression, but <laughs> someone boasting, I guess, is a better way to put it. I don't know. I just thought it was funny when I was down there. The so same what about the same the same guy? Uh, Tried to fight actually one of the head doctors in Jamaica over cannabis and got himself thrown off the island. What the fuck? Yeah, it's a long so, story. Holy shit. Yeah. So, what's up with Israel's decriminalization policy? The Israel decriminalized cannabis a while ago. Um, they have medical right. and they're considering soon, if memory serves me correctly. So. And the links, the links will be posted <laughs> so you can read this for yourself in a little while. Um, so I'm confused. <laughs> what was the article about? The article is Israel's cannabis decriminalization policy comes into effect. Oh, oh sorry. I stand corrected. Israel. Steve had me confused. This shit. No, 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 no. It was the medical. My, sorry, I'm a little too high. It was the medical that I was in my brain. I was thinking of. Um, yeah, Israel's new decriminalization came into effect in March. Um, but or that was passed in March comes into effect came into effect this past Sunday. 
um, uh, it's a new legal approach to marijuana use in the Jewish state. So, so that you're just going to find, um, uh, first time offense, we'll just get a $280 fine if it's 16 or I'm sorry, 15 grams or less. The second fine will be $560. The third fine will be investigated for drug, uh, Offenders will be investigated for drug offenses and have the violation added to their criminal history. The fourth time offenders will be indicted and refusal to pay fines could result in prison time of up to one year. So, I mean, that's a lot better than how it used to be, but still, it's not there yet. No, no. Well, they, well there, um, in the right hopefully there's... Um, in Texas, there's actually, uh, a, I think it was a Senate bill, something or other. I can't remember what the number was, but um, they were going to pass a de uh, decriminalization bill here in um, here in Texas. I'm sorry, I had to turn off my pump. I think that was loud. Um, yeah, they were gonna, they were going to pass a, a uh, decriminalization bill here in Texas, where I think the uh, the amount was less than two ounces where they could only impose a fine of up to $250 with no possibility of jail time. So that would have been pretty cool if that would have went through, but that pretty much met the same fate of the other one. Yep. Uh, yes, that was U.S. currency. Um, chicken whole asset, that was in U.S. currency. Oh. Um, next article is uh, women could use medical marijuana soon for painful period periods in New York State. Um, they're passing a new law uh, that would amend the current mar medical marijuana uh, bill and allow women um, with dysmenorrhea, I guess it's called, which affects up to twenty percent of women, to an extent that daily activities are interrupted because of their periods. Um, this would allow them, to, it was voted on uh, the Assembly Health Committee, uh, passed on a vote of 21 to 2. Um, and it's going to allow women, you know, to basically tell their doctor that they have very painful cramps. And um, they're going to allow uh, tampons and lubricants infused with cannabis, uh, as well oh. as um, hmm. as well as other medications as well. You know, normal cannabis products. Uh, vaporizers will also be allowed. Smoking and eating will not be permitted for medical purposes under this bill. Um, vaporizing will be, as well as the tampons and the lubricants. Kind of a weird bill, but whatever. Yeah, I was fixing to say that's crazy because, I mean, <laughs> anyone who knows anything about smoking versus vaporizing knows that you get uh, much more cannabinoids through whenever you vaporize versus whenever you smoke yeah. so potentially you could be higher if you vaporize than smoke so that's that's pretty crazy but smoking, states, is, smoking is healthier for you yeah vaporizing is healthier for true you. Sorry, right. Smoke smoke. right right that's why thank you steve <laughs> we got it I thought that was a pretty bizarre <laughs> one, but it was definitely one that I wanted to make sure I got covered because there's a lot of women that listen to the show and 
Um, I think it's great because it classifies that and address that particular issue. So they're able to get the medical license or the register for medical marijuana because of that, instead of it being a, a gray area. I, so I think it's great. Right. And there's specific. I know, I know, uh, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg has, I'm sorry. Uh, I know Whoopi Goldberg has actually already created some sort of feminine product. You know, I, I don't, uh, I have obviously never gone to see what it is for myself, but, uh, you know, I'm sure she'd be able to her market her product. I'm pretty sure it's probably something like that, some kind of medicated uh, tampon or something like that, you know? So, which is, you know, that's good for, you know. Maybe so. For, uh, like, like the world yeah. Happy place. Mm -hmm. world yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I, no, I, okay, I'm not going to say the V word on, uh, on the new show, so. The next article, um, <laughs> I'm having a little bit of a problem getting it to load again, but um, the, the Herald Sun in Victoria, Australia. Uh, Victoria is going to be the first state, it looks like, to help children with seizures. Um, I forget how many children it was that are going to be the first uh, first issued. Sorry, I, I can't get the article to reopen for some reason. There's some stupid ad thing. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, they're gonna they're open that up. I have a follow up article later on about this. We'll, we'll skip to the next one. Um, uh, that was from uh, the Herald or Heraldson.com.au. Um, the next one comes from WeedReader.com, um, and this is uh, Spliff Lessons Cannabis Memory Loss. Um, they just finished a long term study in regards to people with all. Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's, and other elderly patients that smoked both tobacco, cannabis, and a control. And they found the people that had the best memory retention um, were those that only smoked cannabis. Um, and smoked cannabis once every 24 hours seemed to be the best people with the best memory. They also showed improved heart rate and blood pressure compared to control or tobacco users. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. There's been come out recently the what the, the what they're doing with Alzheimer's patients and all too. Yep, they also had a lower mortality rate as well, and they don't really have a reason for that. So, yeah, that's really good. That's that's long overdue, especially with the U.S. having a um, patent in cannabis being a neuroprotectant. The other thing uh, I wanted to mention here, I meant to mention at the beginning, um, big shout out to Seafunk. Um, Seafunk is uh, one of the local artists here where, near where I live. Um, and uh, he uh, did some some new artwork for the, uh, the title screens for both this podcast and the normal podcast. So we have some really cool artwork, uh, hand-drawn artwork um, uh, title screens for both of those now. Um, so definitely check those out. And if you're interested in that, definitely uh, email uh, freeearth.space at gmail.com if you're interested in getting uh, any kind of intricate um, artwork done or need logo work done or anything else. Um, give him a quick plug since he was kind enough to help us out. Alrighty. Um, yeah, I was actually looking at that uh, Growing With Fishes uh, cover screen, and that, that's, that's really beautiful. It really looks nice. Yeah, if you... Have you seen my Facebook picture? Um, the lion on the ceiling behind me was done by him as well. 
Awesome. Sure, sure brightened up the show, I gotta tell you. Sure did. Yeah, it gives us some kind of uniqueness, you know. We're working on a yeah, proper sound intro, song intros for both this podcast and the other podcast. So um, we have uh, the one that we're doing for uh, uh, the other podcast will be a chopped up version for of uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Um, <laughs> uh, something Willie, I forget the name of the exact song. Wiggles, Mr. Wiggles. Wiggle, Mr. Wiggles, yes, it's a very... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, again, a little stoned. It's the, it's the musician in me. You told me the name of the song. I somehow I remembered it. That was the best part. Yeah, we're working on a we're working on a remixed version of Mr. Wiggles for the uh, from Parliament Funkadelic for the other version of the song. Okay, you guys will like that. Hopefully, we'll have it ready for this Thursday if all goes well. Um, well the Vermont governor plans to veto bill that would legalize marijuana. <laughs> Um, which is like, I thought he question. did that. I thought he did that, Steve. Yeah, he announced Wednesday he plans to veto oh. the bill. Oh, okay. Yeah, so since last Monday uh, is what these topics are over. So um, he, he told them they're, they're trying to work on So. Hopefully they'll get that worked out. I think I touched on that earlier, actually. I don't know why I double posted that. I apologize. Um, here we go. This is the other article I also want to bring. Uh, Australia's first domestic crop is coming coming to harvest. The first company in Australia to receive cannabis cultivation license has been given the official go-ahead. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The last article was by uh, Weed. Oh, we already covered. Oh, it was by NBCNews.com. I apologize. Uh, this article is by marijuana.com. Okay. Wow. Um, the first company in Australia to receive cannabis cultivation license has been given the official go-ahead to start growing cannabis, the first major domestic crop of medicine. Canagro Australia has been granted permission by the Office of Drug Control in February to grow medical marijuana at an undisclosed location in Melbourne. The company has been on high for a few months since the issued the official papers as uh, the list ASX earlier this month. Um, they raised $13.5 million in capital so far. Um, They're also involved, much of the investment came from Aurora Cannabis, if you've been following, uh, if you guys are familiar with Canada, they're one of the biggest cannabis, the, they're the biggest cannabis grower in all of Canada. So. Um, the first uh, buds are expected to re be received by Australian patients in August, uh, assuming everything else goes smoothly. Awesome. Yeah, it's good to see the first. There's, there's 50 children already signed up with seizure-related disorders, and there's more uh, more coming in the meantime. After after what they've gone. So were those. Um... Were those uh, CBD varieties or just regular full plant varieties that they're going to be growing? Uh, it doesn't specify at all, actually. Hmm. It's great to hear, though, because they really clamped down on, on, on cannabis in Australia. So to see any movement in the positive direction is a big deal for a lot of my friends over there. I've had friends over in Australia for years uh, that I met and, uh, and, and, and even talked to some of them where we Skyped and all. 
you know, I wish we could get a couple of them on the show, but it's like they're, they're 13 hours ahead of us. And like you said before, well, we just have to arrange it. Well, so I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's also it's great news for my friends in Australia. That's great news for everybody out there in Australia. Yeah, definitely. Doing something. Doing so something. next. Um, for those of you who missed it, hightimes.com sold 60% of their shares. Uh, a couple of days ago, um, for seventy wow. million dollars. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sixty percent of the shares of the company for forty-two million dollars. The company is valued at seventy million dollars. My bad. Um, That's the. Hmm, I would figure it was higher than that. Eh, especially yeah. after a recent. They've not been doing as good very lately. Uh, especially after the couple of bombed out cannabis cups, uh, Las Vegas and Denver being two of them. Um, and to be honest with you, to go on a mini personal rant, their booth prices are fucking bullshit. They've doubled the prices for cannabis cup booths like every year for the last four or five years. And there's no reason for that wow. other than greed. Like, come on, dude. You're just full of shit. Absolutely. Bringing the exact elements into the industry that we would like to keep out. Yeah, they want they want five or six grand now for a ten by ten booth. Go fuck yourself. Well, and that and the average guy that might have the best weed on the planet can't get a booth. Well, you know, and then I forget how much it is. Was it fifteen hundred to enter a strain? I think last time I looked, I forget what the price was. I haven't tried to enter a strain in a while. Well, it's probably worth it if you win, but uh, well. Well, here's the other bit. Unless you're a sponsor of it, there's no chance in hell that you're going to be a winner anyway. It's all rigged. <laughs> Anyone that's actually competed in it knows it. You know, there's no, there's no actual competition. That's why I like going to the DGC Cup. That's why I went to the DGC Cup in April. It's an actual competition, not a circle jerk. Oh, unlike unlike the Amsterdam Cannabis. Yeah, I was. Or any state. I was just fixing to bring that up. I mean, they're they're just opening up room for all of these. Uh, Cannabis cups such as the DGC cup that will run a tighter uh, run a tighter ship, you know, and probably I would imagine charge as much for boots or or however that works, you know. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if so, you're I mean, right, there's a bright side to it. Many, many more people would come. Oh. Mm -hmm. Many, many more people would come. The masses would be the mass would be bigger and bigger and bigger if they kept it affordable and allowed people that would just people you know like I know a lot of people they they've got this dream of breeding and we've talked about it and that that's a big deal um, uh, for some people but they still don't have you know thousands of dollars to go enter you know into these you know I, I guess I guess you have to enter it's like any tournament because there's a big prize at the end right but yeah. again well, so. The, the company that bought it is called uh, Arriva Capital, and Arriva Capital is owned by Damian Marley, the youngest son of Bob Marley. So, <laughs> well, he's got some good-ass music. I saw him play when I was in Jamaica. It was good. But it was kind of an interesting to see him buy the company. Basically. So what do you think about the future of High Times with the uh, majority share owner being Damian Marley? Uh... Good. I feel like I can't. I work in Jamaica. I can't give you a. Yeah, I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that might be a good idea because you might say something that some people like and other people don't like, and you want everybody to like you when you get to Jamaica. Exactly. exactly. Well, how about you take that question, Marley, Roger? The Marleys are a very controversial topic in Jamaica, and I'll, I'm going to – I work there too much. I'm going to abstain from that one. Well, I would say – all right, so I'll take, I'll take what I think. The high times you – know, being in the high times – and, uh, you know, there's only a small percentage of the world's population that will ever go to Jamaica. So, um, and I'll probably, I'm, I, I would love to go. And so I hope I don't piss anybody off down there. But I just base, I'll, I'll keep it kind of uh, in, uh, gray, actually. I just look at it as a good thing because, you know, at least the person that owns the controlling interest has an interest in cannabis. You know, so yeah. that's my opinion on it. And I don't yeah. think anybody can get too mad about that and go, the guy smokes pot, he bought high times. The only thing I can think for high times that'll happen now is that high times will kick ass again, you know, because well, so they'll take pride. I bet there's pride. The one thing about Jamaica, we know that Jamaicans have pride. Big on pride. The Jamaica bobsled team, man. You know, I'm telling you. I <laughs> fucking an love. actual thing, though. It is. It was a real thing. It was a real thing. Was it? Yes, it was actual oh. track stars from Jamaica that had an accident, didn't miss the. It's a real story. It is an actual real story. They missed the Olympics because they tripped, and they were the best runners. So this white guy that would, had cheated in the Olympics for the U.S. was in Jamaica, and he was a drunk, has-been, nobody, and they talked him into teaching them how to do it, and it's a true story. Yeah, that's true. All right, so there's your little sideways. We went down a little rabbit hole. But in Jamaica. I'll tell you what, they worship Usain Bolt like he's a saint there. They actually set one of the last – fastest times in the Olympics and then they did wreck uh, when they had a chance to win the gold or at least medal and uh, they did go back to the Olympics a second time so Jamaica had a bobsled team on two consecutive Olympics they had a team and uh, they're known for the runners as we all know they, they can run very fast nice so, <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, man. I think it was great. I'm working. I'm, I'm, in I'm in so Well, I'll tell you what. I think, it, I think overall, I guess I will give a little bit of a comment. I think overall it'll be positive. Um, they're very good at managing money, and they're pretty big uh, financially and corporate, you know, I guess company-wise in Jamaica. Um, so, you know, I, right, I, right, I can, I can imagine. Much, much worse or much greedier people running it for sure. You know, I don't really consider them to be right. Like yeah, I would say that's a good. Do point. they already have the uh, High Times Cannabis Cup in Jamaica? Yeah, Never. well, that's in the yeah. grill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can see the writing on the wall with that one. You know, no, that yeah. sounds excellent. It had forty-two million dollars to buy the magazine too. So, uh, you know, well, uh, I know, I know the guy. That's their sound guy. So, all right. So moving on. So I, that's why I was like, <laughs> "Hey, behave yourself! Don't get you know, don't get care." New Zealand. What about New Zealand? Doctors allowed uh, to prescribe CBD in New Zealand now. Oh yeah, sorry, I lost my track of thought. Or not train of thought. I uh, lost where I was here on the articles. So yeah, uh, um, the next article. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> New Zealand. New Zealand doctors are allowed to prescribe CBD, uh, although New Zealand, this is from marijuana.com again, 
Uh, although New Zealand resides fairly close to Australia, which has become one of the world's leaders in cannabis research, the Kiwis have long been a holdout for medical marijuana, although however trepidation on behalf of the New Zealand government has diminished this week. Doctors on the national or in the nation are able to prescribe CBD as a treatment for conditions such as epilepsy and multiple sclerosis. So that's a big win for them. Um, I know cannabis is generally reasonably tolerated in New Zealand. I have a bunch of friends that have been there and didn't really have a hard time finding it. But yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's it's awesome that all these uh, different countries and whatnot, different states around the our own country, are uh, at least finding the sense to legalize uh, cannabis medicinally for all these conditions that it can really really benefit. Mm-hmm. So, um, comes marijuana.com again. Um, this is Nevada governor signs bill allowing tribal negotiations with hemp cultivations. On Friday, uh, Governor Sandoval signed Senate Bill 375 and 396, allowing Nevada Native American tribal governments to directly negotiate with the state a reuse and sale of medical and rec- or medical cannabis on tribal lands, expanding the state's hemp cultivation program. So, nothing in, re- in relation to, to recreational, but lots of medical, or, you know, just pertaining to medical, I'm sorry. Uh, 27 federal recognized tribes. It, this applies to 27 federally recognized tribes and about 40,000 Native Americans in the state of Nevada. So. Well, you know what's happened in every place they've had medical marijuana. They ended up having recreational marijuana. So, so everything. But we always wanted medical marijuana, didn't we? We always thought that that should be allowed regardless period and the story, even though we all feel like all marijuana should be allowed. The, the big thing is that it's great. Yeah, and I mean, somewhere that gets something done with medical marijuana attached to it means that the regular people will be able to use it down the road to relax instead of drinking beer and going out and running over somebody's car full of kids. You know, so good for you. Cause and sadly, but whenever you alone, think about, <laughs> whatever you think about that, though. Uh, that that really that really ties back into the money too, you know. And uh, once they get a taste of that money that they're getting from the medical cannabis, then uh, they they're like, hey, uh, we're just getting this little bit from serving just a smaller group of the population. Imagine how much we can make if we go full recreational, you know. So they'll mo- they'll be more ready to kick alcohol to the curb too. Oh yeah, because they're gonna make way more billions of dollars uh, with cannabis because yeah, a lot it, all, of it also depends. It drinking is it also depends on who's in the politicians' pockets because yeah. a lot of people have a lot of uh, sway on on what these these uh, politicians do based on their uh, campaign donations and whatnot and what have you. Well, that's that goes back to the corporate greed and the Big Brother thing. So. We can do a slam Big Brother show too. Steve. <laughs> Let's do a conspiracy show. Man, I'm gonna have to be on psychedelics for that one. Actually, it's a good, it's a good segue to the next uh, next topic. It's from the cannabis.co. Um, 
Uh, Riverside has finally eradicated their very last medical marijuana dispensary. Um, this is an example of out-of-control cannabis laws. Um, can, uh, since 2007, um, Riverside has basically waged a war on dispensaries. They've shut down over 40 dispensaries since 2007. Oh, yeah. um, there's no fucking reason for that. People voted in this state of California to have legal cannabis. So don't <laughs> fuck yourself. You don't have to like it. No one's asking you to like it. Just don't smoke weed. You know what I mean? Like, there's there. You don't have to like alcohol. Yeah, people are like people cheese. are crazy. You don't man. have to like carrots. You don't have to like broccoli. Don't <laughs> buy it. Doesn't matter. No one's forced. No one's put a gun to your head to smoke weed, or eat broccoli, or eat sushi, or anything else. You know, this is ridiculous. Oh, I've got broccoli steaming. Oh, that's good. I'm sorry. They've closed a total of 100. <laughs> I, I misread it. It's closed a total of 118 dispensaries since January 1st of 2007. Huh? Well, the thing is, they, they put that into the law so they could do that in order to get it passed, for one thing, I think. That's one of those kind of things yeah. where you get that thing like, well, and that's what's happened. And I know this firsthand because when I came up through Cannabis.com, my mentor, Xandor, was uh, was was uh, a big, big activist in California. And, and they were constantly talking about every little town could vote like one Colorado's the same way one minute it's legal in the state and then they have a town hall meeting and they decide to put it on agenda and they close down all dispensaries in town you know yeah. and that's after i i don't know if it's true now maybe steve you can elaborate on this well, well here's the deal though they, they passed that you know i'm sorry go ahead Sorry, I didn't about the cost open to dispensary. They're, they're closing out dispensaries after, like, it, my opinion, or what? Well, at least what I my research so far, and I haven't kept up to date with it. But it cost about it cost a million dollars to basically get the permits. It's like trying to open a McDonald's <laughs> in Colorado. I'm I'm trying. I'm working on a project right now to open. Well, I can't give you any more details on. So. I'm working on a project right now like to open a, a, a commercial cannabis grow somewhere in the state of California. I'll leave it at that. And I think we're at $4.7 million between permits and land and buildings and employment costs and equipment. Right. And But I said it was a million just for the permits and the, all that. The, the license. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's more and than then that. you got to build your infrastructure. So you kind of took it, yeah. Please were, shit. It's yeah. a million dollars to just start a dispensary in yep. Colorado just yep. for permits and shit. Wait, so like, wow. So like there's a... It's pay to play. I don't know how much property cost is and whatnot like like that is, but... um. Do they still have like small business dispensaries there in California? So here's the deal: they've got they've pigeonholed the zoning to where there's a only a handful of properties in every township that are legally able to be a dispensary, and if they are, you're gonna pay four times the price at least for the property. Oh and then God. the county or the, the county can vote. Next and that's just to start off. Oh no no no! Not even that! Not even that! You want to, you you want your crazier bullshit than that? Well, it, when I lived in Longmont, okay, they they banned dispensaries inside city limits. Well, there's a pocket of land in the center of the town that has a um, county fairgrounds. Well, someone realized there's one building 
that's on the county fairgrounds land. And, and that's where the one dispensary is that's inside city limits. But there used to be a second one um, and on, the, on the very outskirts of the city. Uh, and what they did was the fucking city annexed the land and made that part of it the city just so they could kick him out. And that's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, you know, if you, if you, if you assholes would just legalize it for the city, you could, you could be making tax money and be making millions of dollars. They could directly pad their own fucking paychecks off these guys. Well, and they well, don't even know. <laughs> you know, this is stupid. Brain Girl can relate to that from being living in Texas because they do the same thing with liquor. You can't have it in the town. you got to drive out to the city limits. And that's where yep. the liquor stores were. Yep. Yeah. Uh, state sadly, guy. that's one of the things that's subject to the uh, state ship and county legislature. You know, like here where I'm oh, at, we passed. didn't have... As part of your state law, yeah, in a we'll state see, that hasn't legalized I mean, yet, you have uh, to crack down on that. You have to ban that shit. Fuck those people. There's no reason why their bullshit ass opinion should prevent you from getting high. Fuck them. You know, I want to prevent them from drinking right. a glass of wine. You know, my my friends have died from alcohol. Three of them from fucking DUIs and, uh, or overdosing. Another bullshit. I don't see anybody making a fuss about that shit. This is bullshit. See that the I thing is that's, that's normalized. That's normalized in society. See, cannabis isn't normalized yet. I know, but I'm just I'm saying for the sake of argument. That's all. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, even with dabs, dude. Even with we'll dabs, we have ninety nine point seven percent concentrate. Still, nobody ain't overdose. I want to see that. I want to see someone take. I want to see someone do. Oh come on! Dabs and then do five grams of pure alcohol the next day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or an ounce. You know what? Let's do an ounce. Let's do a. Let's do an ounce versus an ounce, and we'll see who wakes up the next morning. <laughs> Winner gets legalized. Let's do that. An ounce? An ounce is a shot. Kill you for sure. Oh, if you actually. Everclear? No. Everclear is just green alcohol. You can do a shot of Everclear. An ounce of Everclear is a shot glass. Oh, man. I never know a full shot. Okay. So let's. You know what? Fuck it. Let's have like a very it. little bit of liquor, actually. Let's compared do a to half liquor. pound. Let's do a half pound. Ain't no way someone's surviving that much liquor. I know they'll survive the weed. <laughs> and here we are down the rabbit hole here on the last week in cannabis tonight. Well, Steve, Remember, technically, if you want to get technical, what's the weight of a gallon of water is like three point something pounds? Oh, so half a pound. No, 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 no. A gallon of water right. is seven point two pounds for fresh water and eight point four for salt. So I just say eight to be on the heavy side. What? What yeah. about what about alcohol? What about alcohol? You said a half a pound of alcohol. What does a gallon of alcohol weigh? Pretty close, isn't it? Alcohol would be pretty damn close, yeah. Yeah, liquid is liquid, God. So. Well, liquid isn't liquid. Well, but I was, I was just, I was just talking shit. I was just saying. Density. It's density of the liquid it would make it way more. We could do a fluid ounce. We could do a fluid ounce of dabs versus a fluid, a fluid ounce of rosin versus a fluid. Uh, 
you know, six fluid ounces of rosin versus six fluid ounces of <laughs> uh, of alcohol. I guarantee you, the guy that Jesus. does the rosin to wake up the next day for a while but <laughs> you're gonna put somebody to sleep for days <laughs> i did that once i put somebody to sleep on that much rosin some edible cookies <laughs> yeah yeah and that's why it's so good for uh it's so good for if edible. you take if you okay. take too much if you take like an ungodly amount of edibles you'll actually kind of shake you'll be like jittery almost that's weird Anyways, I've never had that happen, but I've witnessed other people have it happen. <laughs> Some butter I made a little stronger than they thought it was. All right. That'll happen. So we were in we were <laughs> Riverside, California, right? We were on Riverside, yeah. And now we're Next what? One, California, uh, California, California Assembly. California State Assembly passes mar marijuana sanctuary. Um, the bill would prohibit the state and local police from helping federal law enforcement anti-marijuana law enforcement crackdowns that were issued by that might be issued by Jeff Sessions. Uh, this passed in Sacramento a couple days ago, um, but basically it means that the California state government or law enforcement will not cooperate with federal officials. If, in the event, yes, it passed. It did. It passed both the Senate and the House. Um, yep, so, um, yeah, the, okay, so actually there's some added information my roommate's telling me, um, uh, the police spent, uh, an, uh over, well, how much was it? Yeah, so the police, the state police union spent four and a half million dollars campaigning against it, so. You, wow. So you know and it's, it's still passed, you said? Yep. So you know it's a good bill. <laughs> awesome. So there, there's another one for the good news column. Yeah, wow. Americans for safe access spend a bunch of money trying to make sure that it passed. So. You meant, do you mean they spent how much tax? Oh, they lobbied in person for it. I'm sorry. How four much half, tax? Right. The the state. Yeah, people hearing that should be angry. Like, yo, they yeah. just spent this. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know if it's going to actually make a difference, look at how many millions of dollars your local federal law, your local law enforcement spending to fight it. Against you know? it. Yeah, it's total bullshit. Well, that's kind know? of stupid. And not only that, you know, not only that. Okay. So forget. Can have a bigger, better police force to battle. Well, forget. Forget all the arguments that all of us would agree on now. It makes it safer for police officers. The police yeah. officers risk getting shot or attacked by a dog or anything else every time they go after one of these weed grows that they honestly have no fucking right to go into in the first place. You know what I mean? There's no reason to risk these officers going into raids that they don't know what they're going into. <laughs> you know, this is every bit as much for officer safety as it is for, for the regular everyday people out there. And tax, it's a waste of taxpayer money and everything else. Like we, we could all agree on a bunch, a whole bunch of other topics that we would normally cover. But I'm just saying, like, like at the very least, like, why is the police union fighting this when it only benefits them? The biggest thing, though, is on the tax side. If they leave it alone and let it happen, they all will get more body armor and bigger, better, you know, assault vehicles and and more radar and helicopters and stuff like that to battle real crime. Yep. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, that, that's I mean that's, that's the true. that's the most yeah, important true. point, really. Yeah, that four and a half million dollars. How much money would they get back to buy to hire more police officers? I have no problem with police officers because I don't fuck with police officers. You know, so they don't fuck with me. I do, I understand that we're all in a in industry and been advocates so we, and activists. Industry that cops that's, risk. that's that's forty. That's 45 cops. If you say entry level, they're paying, it costs them $100 million a year between what they're being paid, their pension, insurance, taxes, you know, and all the other bullshit equipment and everything. Instead of fighting that, they could be raking in money and building their force to really take the streets back, you know, and uh, protect people, you know, do what they're meant to do instead of, um, um, abusing marijuana smokers yep in the truest old school sense of the word yep name it call it what you want to call it we all smoke pot <laughs> <laughs> all right well okay the cannabis.co well, the next article is also by the cannabis.co uh, arkansas buffer zone and make medical marijuana licensing a tricky business Growers must be at least 3,000 schools or daycares. Dispensary must be at least 1,500 feet away. This would be very few places that you could actually build a dispensary <laughs> or a commercial grow. So small towns and small cities, uh, it'd be extremely hard for marijuana operators to get a legal license. Um, well, they can put them right next to their whorehouses. The survey showed that... What state was that? Arkansas. 94 congregations in Malvern, a town of 11,000 at daycares and schools, and the number of potential sites is limited even further. Um, you know Arkansas is right next to Mississippi. I know. We're making it in strides in the deep south now. Those of you that don't know, Arkansas has one of the most fucked up marijuana medical marijuana bills. It's super restrictive to begin with, <laughs> and basically it's a really legitimate bill. But it's slowly but surely making it there. But just to have that level of progress in the South is is quite an accomplishment. Unstoppable. Well, they've gotten strong agriculture there, so it'll work out. It'll work well, out. Oh, yeah. No, I have, I have no doubt that those growing areas, agriculture some some areas are going to be the ones that, that are going to dominate the end, you know? Yep. Sorry. Sorry, Steve. Well, most of the restricting hemp and cannabis when these guys are some of the, you know, have some of the stabilities or the, you know, best skill to grow this you know there's no reason why they should be fucking with these guys you know they're making an honest day for you know hard-earned pay for honest day's work and especially when they're producing medicine for people like why are we restricting these guys as a produce grower i know you can't hardly even you can't compete unless you got a you got to specialize you got to create your own niche and then you can make a couple dollars a pound on growing produce and that's, I mean, it considered the uh, the benchmark is $1 a pound growing produce, whether it be cannabis or peppers. Uh, but $1 a pound is where you break even, supposedly, uh, told to me by an old uh, um, 
very informative gentleman that helped me along back in my my beginning days and I tell you, it's the same way with the cannabis. Uh, it's going to come down to the same thing. They're, they're trying to make it where everybody's going to go big. You know, it's got to you got to go big, big, big. And if you can't go big, 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 you know, it's going to be harder and harder for the small guys. They're always trying to take that away. Yeah. Yep. So uh, the DEA is now going after people growing CBD hemp. Um, there's a new. This is from the cannabis.co. Um, uh, the DEA is, stands firm on its drug code for marijuana extracts. Uh, brief filed Friday in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, this ruling, depending on what happens with this, will have wide implications as to what happens with the hemp industry, um, yeah. especially in regards to extracts made from hemp. Um, this will have wide-reaching implications. Uh, basically, the DEA is repeatedly misarticulated the intention of Congress enacting the Farm Bill's Industrial Hemp Amendment, says attorney representing the hemp industry. We thought we'd see something new. We're a little surprised we didn't. Patrick Gordon, the attorney represents. The lawsuit focuses on the DEA rule finalized on December that applies to a controlled substances code known as the marijuana extract defined as products containing one or more cannabinoids, chemical compounds derived from cannabis sativa, which applies to hemp. Uh, for those of you who don't know, hemp is cannabis sativa, same as the shit you smoke. Um, claims that made by the industry that the rule amen, amounts to rescheduling action in the Controlled Substances Act for cannabinoids. DEA laid out various reasons as to why the legal challenges filed by Hoban Law Group on behalf of the trade group Hemp Industries Association and hemp businesses Centura Natural Foods uh, RMH Holdings Incorporation is invalid. Um, basically, they're arguing that uh, any cannabinoid extract, even if it's from below a 0.3% uh, THC uh, extract, is still illegal, which is, as we all know, complete fucking bullshit. Again, this is, this is me going back to, this is no different than the DEA rescheduling CBD as Schedule 1. Well, who are they attacking with this kind of shit? Children with cancer. People in need. Uh, children with seizure disorders. Veterans with PTSD. These are the people that are being hurt by this kind of bullshit. This isn't hurting a, a drug on the street. This isn't hurting people that are growing 50 pounds in their backyard and, and flipping it for, for money. This isn't hurting crack dealers or people that are... This is only hurting children with seizure disorders, cancer patients, veterans with PTSD. That's who gets hurt by this kind of bullshit. And no one else. No one else by this kind of shit. Which is why you have to step out. It's why I get so animated and so angry and a little bit off the chain about this bullshit. Because this is only targeting people that are the most at risk. And the most and the people that need this the most. It's it's the most heartless bullshit that's out there. And they have to be called out for it. Well, let's go into the next one here. Sorry. I get very angry. This is another one from the cannabis.com. Uh, Maryland High Court steps in, but medical cannabis licensing still on hold. So, um,. Yep. Uh, there's a new court ruling in Baltimore. Um, actually, I think we touched on this earlier. 
Oh, uh, yeah. we, we, well, we it was like, yeah. uh, I was actually going to mention, I was like, does that sound similar to the other one you mentioned earlier? Sorry, I, I, did, I put the articles together on two separate days and I, I didn't double check the articles. Um, okay. Iowa mm -hmm. CBD program starts July 1st, but they don't have any legal suppliers. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me. I mean, well, I mean, well, there's a couple states like that. Manufacturers in other states are questioning whether or not they should invest because they're not sure whether pe enough people enroll in the limited program to make it worth uh, self-sustaining. Uh, Iowa's medical marijuana oil program will start in weeks, but obtaining med the medicine will be difficult, and manufacturers said it's unclear if the state's efforts will be viable. Well, the cannabis oil program approved during this, and this is from Cannabis.com. Uh, we'll begin July 1st. There is no immediate supplier of the states in question uh, whether enough people will enroll in the limited program to make it self sustaining. Uh, last week, nonpartisan legislative, uh, blah, 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 um, which allow cannabis oil for those suffering from cancer, multiple sclerosis, seizures, HIV, AIDS, Crohn's disease, uh, amyotrophic lateralis cirrhosis, Parkinson's disease, untreatable pain, terminal illness with life expectancy of under one year, uh, and a few other diseases. Um, uh, so, but they don't have anyone that's actually able to produce it or sell it, or even any companies that are legally growing on a commercial scale right now. So the likelihood of you being able to acquire it when it's legal is pretty much next to zero. So this is, again, this is what happens when you build an overly restrictive, overly bullshit medical marijuana program is you know what happens? Your patients don't even get the option of medicine because no company will even step in to even attempt to produce it in your state. So what are these patients supposed to do? They have to leave the state in order to even survive. What is sad is that in Iowa, all the farms are closed down because of Indiana, Illinois, all those farms are closed down and hemp production and things like that would just bolster their economy and build this country. You want to build this country back and make it great again? Let the farmers grow hemp. You know? What was the poster in World War II? Hemp for victory. Right. And they just, shit? Then, it, then they destroyed like millions and millions and millions of seeds after the war. They destroyed all the hemp, all the they mowed down the crops, turned it under, destroyed all the seeds because they didn't need ropes for the ships and they didn't need, you know, whatever clothing or whatever. Yeah, it's sad. Sad. But that's you wanna give the farmers back their land and have production? Grow hemp. Yep. Grow hemp. Iowa. Yep. You better get off your ass. Yep. Yeah. Well, it looks like Montana may collect a million dollars in medical marijuana taxes in their first year. They're going all out. Hey, Steve. Yep. The taxes uh, will initially be 4% of gross sales, which is one of the lowest tax rates of, of anybody in the, in the country. Um, if you consider Colorado, which is a 10% wholesale and 15% um, retail, which I believe we have another article coming up on uh, Nevada. Uh, Nevada copied Colorado's uh, tax bracket, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Um, so, yeah. That'd be cool to see. Um, Montana, uh, Montana, again, another Western state, much more conservative than a lot of other states. So it was a little bit surprising. Again, super restrictive medical law, but 
you know, slow but steady progress is being made. Isn't that Robert Redford's state? I don't know who that is. He owns practically an entire state, Montana or Wyoming. <laughs> you know, he bought, you know, like when you could buy, like, you could buy like a million acres, a dollar an acre. He did. He did. He bought all that so nobody could fuck it up. So, there you go. Yeah, I think it might be Montana. I, you know, I think Robert's probably a active, you know, pro, pro-cannabis anyway. That was from the cannabis.co. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I can't see that part. No, that's cool. I just want to make sure we're citing the websites for all the articles to read to make sure the people are getting credit. Yep. Uh, the next uh, next article also comes from the cannabis.co, um, and uh, it has to do with forfeiture laws. Supreme Court limits government seizures of assets and drug conspiracy cases. So um, basically, this is going to dramatically limit how much they can do asset forfeiture and in, in, in drug-related cases. Um uh, Washington Supreme Court uh, issued is placing new limits on the government's ability to seize assets and people commissioned to drug crimes, with rece- but receives little of the illegal proceed, uh, proceeds. Um, unanimous ruling on Monday comes just department moves to impose harsher punishments for drug trafficking and related crimes versus Obama-era policies. This case involves a Tennessee man convicted of of his role uh, selling iodine water purification filters to meth- uh, methamphetamine makers. Terry Honeycutt helped sell more than 20,000 filters at his brother's hardware store. Prosecutors said both his brothers knew the iodine was used by local meth cooks. Um, Honeycutt's brother pleaded guilty to forfeit and forfeited 200,000 of the $270,000 in profits. The government tried to get the remaining 70000 for Honeycutt, but he argued that he wasn't responsible for it since he didn't personally see any profits from the scheme. The federal appeals court ruled against Honeycutt, agreeing with the prosecution, but Justice uh, Sentinel Sotomayor said that, in her opinion, the high court uh, that forfeiture laws are limited to pro- property and defendants themselves actually acquired as a result of the crime and overturned the original conviction. So he doesn't have to pay that extra 70000 This is a huge case law for forfeiture laws and related to drug cases and will have a huge implication on future drug um, uh, prosecutions. Oh, so that's how you're tying it into cannabis. I was wondering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I, so just so you guys are aware, once in a while I might have a weird article that's related to our culture <laughs> or scene or politics or whatever, and it might not make sense off the bat, but it will be relevant. It might just take me a second to explain. Yeah. Basically, it's about the case law. Yeah, it's about case law. Just as Micah was explaining earlier, he explained about how he helped set case law with the butane extraction and they can't actually test for it, even though they'll claim up and down that they can in court when they actually have to prove it through evidence they can't <laughs> and then you got them dead to rights so and we've already proved that through the one case of your roommate tonight right no, case news story repeat number that. one repeat that so yeah for those of you that don't know case law is like setting a standard for future law of law convictions or future court convictions. So if you set a case law and a judge rules a certain way, you can reference that case and th- have a case thrown out because of it, because the judge ruled a certain way in a previous case. But it's set by juries. 
I'm sorry, it won't get it thrown out of court, but it, what it will do is set precedents so that they know how to rule. Actually, is what they're doing is they're telling you that the lawyers are uh, reciting precedents to the judge. Exactly. That exactly it helps inform the judge on how to prosecute or not that prosecute. That's case law on how to rule on an objection. I'm like sorry. It helps the DEA. It helps the DEA uh, when trying to convict. Well, it can go both ways. Oh, yeah, but in general, DAs, DAs will drop laws in cases where it's not in their favor. Yeah, so as a previous precedent, it's not getting a conviction because of a certain case law. They're muted. <laughs> To, to, to well, maybe we should follow this up next week, Steve, after we do some research and the case. Yeah, we'll have Micah back on the show and he can explain the whole thing top to bottom. That'd be awesome, too, because he did a great job telling the story earlier. Here, you know what? He's all eager to do it. I'll just give the mic to him for a second. No! Oh. That roll, roll on. <laughs> hello, hello again, everybody. Um, it's what's in the cup. That's That's the problem. No. <laughs> I'm just I'm just giving Steve grief here. Um, case law is kind of complex because it's it's not actually a law. It doesn't tell anybody what to do or or how to do it. What case law is is when there's a gray area that there's no law written for, such as um, cannabis extraction hasn't th officially been regulated by California, um, so there were no laws on what you could and couldn't do it with volatile, involatile. Now they have like seven different types of licenses for however you want to do it and you can buy a license to do it with butane. But what, what case law is, is for that particular gray area, they had myself plus a little over 100 people rounded up in SWAT team raids um, kind of the same, the same week. And my, I was the first one to go actually take it to trial. And everybody said I was nuts because I did it with a public defender. But the trick was I just had to make him care. Now, what, what case law means is because there's no regulation on making butane honey oil, the um, the jury sets the standard kind of for for future cases. So everybody, you know, the police were eagerly standing by waiting on the ruling in my case from the jury because they got 96 other people. They just want to press through and either get us all incarcerated or get them the fuck out of jail. And... So when the jury came back not guilty on all counts, when one of them, even one of them is a sheriff, you know, we expected the sheriff that was on the jury to kind of be the holdout. But um, when they came back as unanimous acquittal and with a public defender as the lawyer, uh, it, it kind of shakes the columns of the district attorney's office as well as the police because the, you know, can't really talk much about it, but currently, like I, I'm, I've got a lawsuit ready to hand to the police department about the mishandling of my case. Um, all said and done, and this is a conservative estimate. Um, that Americans for Safe Access. I recommend everybody, if you, if there's an American Americans for Safe Access chapter in your state or city, join it. They're the, aside from normal, they're the second largest pro cannabis lobby in the country. Um, Terry Best was. Cannabis Activist of the Year 2015. Um, 
she, her and her mother have been patients of mine for seven years. She sat where my mom would have sat if my, if my family was in California for the, you know, they don't live here. So I had, I would have had nobody on my side of the courtroom, but I had cannabis activists of the year, Terry best sitting on my side of the courtroom, little old ladies wearing, you know, end prohibition now green shirts, handing out jury nullification pamphlets on all the breaks. Um, they're just a, they're very good at what they do in terms of being a pro cannabis lobby. Can't speak highly enough about them. Um, but so they they kind of helped me tally some numbers. The city all said and done spent just under two million dollars trying to put me in jail for marijuana. And what they came up with was, you know, five hundred grams of butter, one point two grams of flour, a uh, thousand grams of shake. I would say they found extraction tubes, but. Um, they couldn't be found when the jury wanted to see them. So I guess they didn't find any extraction tubes. Um, but I did have extraction tubes. <laughs> um, they were they were old and dusty. And even in the police pictures, like they'd been locked in a in, in a back closet of my garage for probably six months prior to all this happening. But um, case law essentially tells tells the DA and the police, like, don't fucking waste any more money pursuing these types of cases because when if a public defender and a guy with no money can convince 12 people unanimously that like this isn't worth you know you're not going to get convictions out of all the money you spent the the actual the pro not the head da but the the member of the district attorney's office the prosecutor of my case um re retired right after you know under pressure right after my case so did the lead detective um of the of team nine the which is kind of san diego's most hardcore uh anti-drug like raids swat team squad if you just google san diego team nine you'll come up with horror stories like that's 16 guys dressed like call of duty and a helicopter showed up to take me to jail and i'm five eight 140 pounds <laughs> they, they walked in and said which one of you guys is Mika? And that was kind of a red flag for me right away. Like, if they don't even know what the fuck I look like, like, they haven't done any investigation. And that's when I, like, right away was just like, I remained silent. But So case law, essentially, to bring it back to point, is, is, a, is a jury telling, not necessarily lawmakers, but those that enforce the law, how to handle future cases. If, if the people are saying, like, fuck no, we're not going to send this guy to jail for, he didn't have any children at risk, he didn't, you know, it's and it's, we're talking about cannabis here, um, not manufacturing some narcotic. Like, but mm -hmm. just to to get a jury seated, we had to go through 150 uh, jurors. That's three roomfuls, and they had to enact. They had to use a special um, law that's on the books specifically for jury selection. Typically, what they do in court is they read your charges and the legal definitions of those charges, and those are all like those are both very scary. It's like you you know. 150 people came in and heard felony manufacture, felony child abuse, felony child endangerment, and then the legal definition of those, which are very broad and you know could include like up to and including potential death for children or whatever. And it makes you sound like a real piece of shit. Like I'd instantly I feel like everybody in the room like, fuck this guy. And all 150, you know, every single three times in a row, full a full courtroom of jurors raised their hand and said they could not be impartial jurors based on the nature of the charges and so when that happens the fourth roomful 
Nobody saw that, Steve. <laughs> Nobody saw that except me. Steve just ate shit in, the, in a wheelchair. <laughs> so, um, the fourth room full of people that came, we basically gone through 150 jurors. The fourth one came in and they enacted SB, whatever, whatever this rule is for courtroom procedures, where they told the jurors, like, okay, we're going to give you more information than most jurors get before a case because we're having problems finding people that can remain impartial based on the charges. So they read my charges, you know, felony manufacture of a controlled dangerous substance, felony child abuse, felony child endangerment. Child endangerment is actually a worse felony, which is, seems kind of backwards to me, like child endangerment is letting your kid ride out on a hill on a skateboard with no helmet. Child abuse is using it in an incorrect way. But, um, so the, the came through, they were read the, the charges, legal definitions of those charges, and then a clarification on every one of them. You know, so they'd say felony manufacture of a controlled dangerous substance and what that entailed. You know, basically it sounds like you have a meth lab. That's what most people assume. Um, and they, um, they, so then they said, well, we're going to let you know question is uh, cannabis. It's a concentrated form of cannabis, um, often called butane honey cho. And then uh, you kind of, the whole sense of the room shifted and you kind of watched, you know, I'm looking at the jurors as the whole time because I'm trying to pick and choose who's viewing me as a human from the, the pool. Um, you watch the intelligent people go, Huh? Cannabis? Felony manufacturing? And then they say, felony child abuse, felony child endangerment, read those, and everybody's, you know, kind of, uh, fuck this guy again. And they say, well, but we're going to clarify and let you know that the abuse is not any type of physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, or sexual abuse. And you kind of watch people go, huh? Again? Like, well, on weed? And like he wasn't hurting or actually abusing his kid, like, you know, what's it about? And then they said, you know, the the child abuse and child endangerment charges stem from uh, potentially from the harm that could have happened manufacturing this concentrated marijuana. And there was the like that nobody excused themselves from the jury pool that time. But the first three roomfuls, fifty people all raised their hand, like I can't be an impartial jury. And they all have to stand up and tell the court why they can't be and it was just like 150 people in a row like fucking meth ruined my family and my brother got murdered by my dad over abuse and abuse and stuff and like with those particular charges everybody assumes like add a meth lab on the bottom bunk and a, a kid on top yeah just to, just to clarify on that because i've gone through two three actually three separate jury trials just because you disagree with the law doesn't mean that you're not impartial um I've actually been like I've vied for jury nullification in a, in a particular court case involving a drug conviction. Well, suppose well, wasn't actually it didn't end up being conviction, but they tried to convict this guy of a drug conviction, which was actually the guy. First off, the guy wasn't a drug dealer, and he wasn't even a drug user. He just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But um, just because you disagree with it doesn't mean you have to abstain. You know, staying in a court case and, and doing jury nullification because you disagree with an unjust law is absolutely, uh, um, you know, acceptable and legally responsible. 
Um, Thomas it's your Jefferson duty said, as an American. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson said himself said it himself. If a law is unjust, it is not only your right, but it's your duty as an American to disobey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, the case law. I got really sidetracked there for a minute. Case case law just means that the the next a lot of people got let into jail after my case because the DA understood like we can't waste any more time or money on these ninety people if a public defender and you know some some random guy that we raided like happen to have the balls to stand up for it but if 12 people are not sending them to jail for the three felonies that we thought were a slam dunk we're not going to waste time or effort on that and it kind of forces them to go back to like doing their real job of like you know go go chase some criminals or you know real you know, go bust a meth lab or some gangbangers or some guns coming across the board. We live in San Diego County. Um, there's no reason uh, yeah. at all for there's no reason at all for 16 people dressed like Call of Duty. Uh, and I don't even know how much helicopter costs to keep in the air. Like I said, Americans for Safe Access helped me with the the calculations, but it, just under two million dollars was spent on my raid. The few days that I spent in jail, you know, paying the deputies. Um, all of the time for the district attorney district attorney's office putting together the case paying their expert witnesses selecting a jury paying the judge all those things cost money um i still i want to know how much it costs for the helicopter pilot and the fuel for them to be circling my house for an hour the whole time it was happening but the case law kind of lets them know like don't fucking do this again or it's going to be really embarrassing like i kind of thumbed my nose at the da a number of times like look i you don't want me to go to the press and tell them how much money you spent on little old me and a couple grams of weed. And I've had my, I've had my medical card and my, um, my caregiver's card for seven years in a row without lapse. And, you know, just so happens that the cannabis activist of the year for the nation was one of my patients and her and her mom, you know, helped support me through, through everything. I think if you Google my real name, the, that's the first thing that comes up probably is that, this article written by Terry Best. Um, but the case law just basically says, like, it, without changing the law, it changes how law enforcement handles those types of cases and just helps them pick and prioritize what they can and will get convictions on versus, you know, who's going to lose their job. Because um, it's the lead detective of the vice squad and the, the prosecutor resigned under pressure immediately following my case so that's that's what case law is if there's gray areas like to take it to trial uh you could set case law in your favor at the same time it's a flip of a coin if you get a shitty jury you you could very well be setting case law in their favor but it's it's cannabis I, I'd, I'd rather be jailed for cannabis than free for pleading guilty to some shit i didn't do so that, that's case law in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, I'd been to the ASA meeting recently where they were freeing the the life patients. Um, yeah, if you're a, if you're a cannabis patient anyway, you're gonna get let out of jail soon, particularly for felony cases. Like they're not gonna be holding prisoners there for much longer. The even yeah, even then though, like the marijuana lifers project. I believe it is almost non-profit anymore because almost all the people who are in jail for life for cannabis um, Obama pardoned a lot of them on his way out and a couple more got let out 
I guess I'll under Obama. Yeah, Trump hasn't let any of them out yet. Everybody call the White House and tell Trump to release anybody in federal prison for life for for cannabis. Yeah, tweet him. He really loves fucking Twitter. So, <laughs> all right, hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give give this back over to Steve. Thanks, Michael. All right, no, no problem. I just I couldn't let him botch case law that that much because <laughs> there's no. Well, I, was, I was explaining it too, but you couldn't hear me. I don't think. I'm not sure if you could hear, but I I, knew. Oh. I was making a simpler explanation. But but hearing your story, that would have been a great Thursday night on the regular podcast story right there. I, I think I, I did. You need to come on Thursday night. Tell Steve you need to be a guest Thursday night and tell that story on the regular podcast. You know. Oh, I'd love to. I got all my papers right over here. I told a short part of it in. <laughs> No, I, I told the very, very abridged version in November yes. or December on the Thursday night podcast. Oh, did you? Oh. When, yeah, it, it, Ken, Ken from Ouroboros was on that day, so like he got the most of the time. Um, I was more interested in learning from him than rehashing my shitty prior year. Thank you all for listening. I, I would like to DJ your outro. Oh, me, me too. Me too, brother. <laughs> we have a winner. <laughs> we have a winner. <laughs> oh Lord! Uh, 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 but that was a that was off the su Supreme Court limits, wasn't it, Brangro? What's that now? Wasn't that off the Supreme Court limits that that we just did all that limits that so, asset? I have no, no idea. On, uh, I couldn't on, tell you to be honest. We're on Hawaii medical marijuana dispensary. That, ready to that, sell. That's what I thought too. Yeah, we're in Hawaii. Woo. So Hawaii uh, is again from the cannabis.co. Uh, thanks again for Micah for bringing us that insightful uh, uh, information on, on case law and explaining his own personal experience. It's not often you get someone uh, with literally set case law that can talk on the show, um, especially in relation to cannabis. So there's, there's, you know, probably less than 150 people in the country that are, on his caliber so in that regard so you know big props to him for helping all of us um so uh the next article we have is hawaii medical marijuana dispensaries ready to sell hawaii medical marijuana dispensaries still have yet to make a single sale uh after more than a year of statewide legalization uh the first of eight dispensary licenses issued throughout the hawaiian islands uh, Monday dispensaries cannot sell the drug until the health department certifies laboratories to test the quality of the marijuana. So they're still held up, but they expect the first dispensary to open this summer at some point. Better be some good stuff. That was a good article, quick and dirty. Um, Arkansas <laughs> expects twenty to forty thousand people to be registered for medical marijuana within the state. Um, Medical marijuana registration cards will be cost about $50 a year, and under the proposed rules, <clears throat> Arkansas driver's license or state ID will be required to obtain. And they expect to well, generate fair. around one. They expect to generate around, or they expect the program. I'm sorry, let me restart that again. The House, the Senate, and House Public Health Committee on Monday, the running. Arkansas's medical marijuana program will cost about $1.5 million uh, per year. Voters last year approved marijuana 
marijuana use by people in certain medi medical conditions, the state will soon begin accepting applications for potential growers and dispensaries. That's good to know. Um, I love it. Uh, actually, as a random update to that, if you're curious about Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico expects to issue about 100,000 medical marijuana licenses in total. Um, and they've currently issued about 4,000 as of the end of this month. That's the 51st day. Yeah, eventually, one day. Yeah. What we should do is make like a conglomerate state amongst the islands and just include like Guam and like all the random mass, like the Virgin Islands and the random fucking places that the U.S. Well, owns. But you that's know? up to them. Hear me out. Hear me out. Those people pay taxes towards the U.S., yeah? Yeah. So they, well, should, have, so they should have Senate and House representation. Like, even, like, fuck, like, forget the fact of whether or not they represent as a state. They should still have those two things. They should still have a Senate senator, and they should still have House of Representatives. And just count all the islands population-wise as one state. You know what I mean? Well, as far I'm as population, all, as far I'm as the all, number of senators and or not senators, but the number of, of House House of Representative people, I think we would all be all for that. The question is, though, again, here is Big Brother telling them what to do. Do they want us to make them a state? That's the question. It's not well, well, here's the deal. You know, here's, that's what I'm saying. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Population of the islands down there, and they might go fuck that. That's what well, that's I'm well, they're already being controlled that's by the United States. It's basically <laughs> like they're being dictated. Well, like they're being dictated regardless by of it. whether or not they want to be a state, like, okay, cool. Don't want to be a state. That's fine. I still think because you're paying taxes and because you're paying into the pool, you're, you have earned the right to have two senators and whoever many state representatives represent the collective population of all the various island nations. That the United exactly. States. Exactly, you should have the same benefits. That's what I'm saying. They should have the same representation in government, and they should have the same, you know, because you know why? Because they pay taxes. They earned it. There's no reason they shouldn't be. Well, yeah, Washington D.C. doesn't get it either. You know what? You know what? Here's what you do: you lump in Washington D.C. with it because they're not represented either, and they want representation. Exactly. So lump them all together. You know what? Take take Washington D.C. and all the island nations uh, that the United States has own. Lump them all together and make it the 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 far the 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 outer ter outer territories. Uh, the senator representing the outer territories and the. And the uh, or you know whatever the fuck and and you know what but because it's not right for those people to not be represented as you know I've traveled around them quite a bit they if they pay taxes they earn the representation in my I opinion. think they should get representation too I'm just arguing that they don't want us to be coming in there making a government because if they got a senator and and yeah. they got representation in yeah. Congress it means that our government is going to be there running their place where they live and i don't think that's what we need to be doing i i, I have no problem with having, helping them them having representation i think all human beings should be created or created equal and should be treated equally across the world without regard to state lines and country lines but the fact is is when you say well they should just have it well they don't probably want it though i mean i 
that's just my thing. I'm not, I love what you're saying, but I don't think the people there, if they were polled, would really want to have a U.S. senator living in their country, because then that would mean they really were being controlled by the U.S. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I love to invite, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm not trying to argue other than the fact that I just, I, I'm arguing on the side of the people over, over there. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm not sure they want it. But what do you guys think? Anybody else? Uh, what do you guys in chat think? You know? I'm sorry, re repeat that last part. Sorry. I, what do the people I, in I, chat think? I mean, anybody else or what, uh, Brain Grow, what do you think about, about about what specifically? I guess? Well, I, uh, personally, I feel like they can only benefit from it because simply because it gives them a voice. But I also see where you're coming from. You know, maybe they're happy with the way things are. And, uh, you know, things like that, you know, you you start having a person who uh, like the independent represents you in the environment, then you then you can definitely start enacting changes that um maybe not all of the people necessarily agree with you know but because this is a uh, quote unquote elected official then um you know then they, it makes it legit in the eyes of the american people you know so i definitely see where you're coming from roger well i it, i'm looking at with with the people down there what i'm thinking is all right let's all right, let me put it in this perspective if i move to the Caribbean, I sure as fuck do not want a U.S. senator in a building over there and saying U.S. government in the fucking Caribbean because I moved there to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> right? Well, here's so, the bit. Here's right. the bit. If you're paying taxes <laughs> to the United States whilst living in the Caribbean, so you live in yes. the U.S. Virgin Islands, you want well, the representation. You're paying taxes. But, you're paying for the representation. Theoretically, yes. Theoretically, you want the representation. You're inviting the U.S. to come down there and set up more government. Than well, we don't want that. Move in an, in an ideal, in an ideal democracy, <laughs> in an ideal democracy, then that theory makes sense. You know, oh, but no, definitely. I, we all know that that's bullshit. But I'm just saying the fact that, like, <laughs> at the very least, if you're paying the money. You should get the representation as a result. I guess. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that logic completely makes sense we in every in every that. aspect. You've you know? earned it at that point. Is my point. We all agree with that. Yeah. Hang into the pool. You've bought it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Good discussion there. Good discussion. Yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah, I'm not hating on our government all the way. I mean, but again, this isn't, this one's supposed to be a political show, so you know, we can have right. it, you know, you know. So, with the California Assembly, what are they doing now? Is this the next one? I think. I, I, I actually kind of feel like it's 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 necessary to bring up our side of politics versus the side that you'll get from the media as well. You know, so. Well, yeah, we're all honest, aren't we? from a realistic point of view. I think this is the best, the, the, the most, in, you know, I love hearing uh, the so point the of view of people that live in different different um, areas of the country as well, you know, and are well-traveled, as right. I'm well-traveled, so. All right, we, oh, I'm sorry, Steve, you ready for the next show? Uh, next? 
category next uh, news um, story Tories want to cut uh, the next story is uh, brought to us by oh the previous story as well uh, oh, I'm sorry first off let me go back was it sorry everybody the, the Arkansas article <laughs> is brought to you by cannabis.co um, and the California Assembly preventing uh, cooperation with federal government is brought to you by Leafly. Um, the next article uh, is the Tories want to cut homegrown cannabis from Canada bill. Um, basically, the Tories in Canada want to get rid of the homegrown uh, specification in the Canadian legalization bill. Um, as we all know, that's complete bullshit. You should be able to grow your own damn Absolutely. It's a plant, and it's not like it's toxic. You can't overdose on it. If your neighbor's dog runs over and eats it, he won't die. If your neighbor's kid runs over and eats it, he won't die. If he steals it and smokes it, he won't die. There's no reason for this. Yeah, especially when we're talking about medically. Absolutely. Um... So the next article is uh, so policies on legalization cannabis from Labor, Lib Dems, and Conservatives general election manifesto compared to 2017. Um, basically, uh, um, uh, the Conservatives in England and the um, and the other two factions that you have the option, both the uh, the Green Party and the Liberals, are um, uh, looking for like an 18 and over cannabis uh, uh, legalization bill, um, and, the, and then the Conservatives are looking to make it all illegal. So, um, uh, I guess that's all you need to know if you're voting based on cannabis and you're in the UK and you're listening. We'll vote for the conservatives. Um, but you probably smoke cannabis, the likelihood of you voting for Theresa May probably close to zero. So, um, <laughs> not really a big deal there. But um, she also came out against internet privacy this this week. Wow. An attack. Um, she used the, the first statement she made directly attacked internet privacy which is as we all know complete bullshit the same shit they tried to do with the they actually ended up doing with the states don't let them do that again in the UK um, the Justice Department turns attention the next article is brought to us by by the mirror.co.uk um, the next article is brought to you by leafly.co or uh, com um, Justice Department turns attention to the cannabis and to cannabis import enforcement. Um, basically, Jeff Sessions has ordered the Justice Department to take a sec uh, a new a second look at the um, law uh, enforcement instructions that the uh, Obama administration gave regarding to uh, cannabis uh, court cases um, and possibly reviewing or revising them. Um, as we all know. <clears throat> um, Jeff Sessions is a racist piece of shit, and he's also uh, very anti-drugs. Um, you know, he's got his head stuck up his own ass, and he's still trying to fight the drug war. Which nor drug addicts, uh, nor does it help 
reduce crime. Um, hopefully, uh, uh, when we get Trump impeached and uh, Pence impeached, and hopefully him removed at the same time, we'll be able to overturn all this bullshit. <laughs> Which much longer. By the end of the year, there's no way this guy's not getting impeached. Um, the next, uh, the next, the next article is by Med. A.com. Cannabis derived compound may help treat schizophrenia in children. Ah. Uh, so, um, schizophrenia yeah. put you to sleep. Americans, uh, or five million adults. Um, he has an extremely uh, one of the best response rates of any medication they've ever tried for. Uh, 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 schizophrenia patients um, when they do treated with isolated it's uh, was published in a uh, new study New South Wales Australia yeah um, as we've all known cannabis doesn't cause medical or mental illness um, and now there's actual medical studies and published medical Topic. The next article is by Leafly.com. Um, Nevada lawmakers set cannabis tax at retail, 15% wholesale. Um, just so you guys are aware, that's very close to what uh, Colorado's. Uh, that's not ridiculous. You know, it's a little like. Um, it should be like five. I think we could all agree is reasonable, and maybe a ten percent wholesale. I think is reasonable. Up up to anything beyond that's kind of ridiculous. Wait, what do you guys think? I'll tell you what. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, we all heard from you for a bit. Sorry, guys. Um, I've actually had my headphones off, so I haven't been able to hear very well. Uh, my headphones died. So, what was what was the question about? Um, Nevada enacted a and a fifteen percent wholesale tax for uh, recreational cannabis for this year. What I I suggested that it should be closer to like ten percent. Uh, what did I say? Five, uh, five, I say five. seven, or eight percent uh, retail tax. You know, ten percent absolute max. Max. All right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Like ten percent should be the maximum. I mean, because what do you tax everything else at? You know, it's only an extra fucking grab for money, and it's again, it's obvious to anybody who has their eyes open. You know, so. It it should be taxed the same as everything else. You know what I'm saying? If not if not lower, you know, we're we're talking about a medicine here. You know, when when uh, do you tax do you tax people's medicine normally when you go buy it at the pharmacy? Do you have to pay taxes on medicine that you can go buy over the counter? You know, you don't have to pay taxes on all that shit. So why should you even have to pay taxes at all? Especially if you're a patient. You know, it's it's just ridiculous. 
Yeah, so I know in Colorado, at least when I used to live there, it was 2.7. Completely That's not that much. 3, 3%, 5% or less. Okay, cool. They get a little bit of tax. And this is why I think it's fair. Hear me out. I normally, you'd be like, oh, this is medicine. But here's the why it's fair. They need a little bit of money to do the paperwork for the medical licensing. They need money to have inspectors to go in and make sure these guys aren't spraying weird shit on your medicine and making right. sure that they aren't doing sh unhanded weird shit to make sure these guys are following by state law, make sure they're not, you know, again, doing weird illegal shit. Um, and just to, to protect, it, you, you need a small amount for infrastructure to support a, a legal medical market. That's why even for medical, I'm okay with up to 5%. That's straight. Yeah, you need money to run the machine. You don't. Like, you don't you need. Yeah, you don't need much more than what the restaurant industry needs. To be completely honest. Yeah, but well, maybe a little bit more because you wanted to allow them to do surprise inspections and stuff. I want them to be a little bit more harsh than maybe even the restaurant industry because this stuff is heated up. And say, for example, someone uses Eagle twenty two months, man. That'll be the last two months of your life. You right, can't do that. right. I, I totally agree with the that. You know what? I do not believe in regulation of much in this life, but the one thing I believe in regulation of is medical marijuana. And the only way you and because there are exactly what Steve is saying, exactly the reason is why because people spray toxic shit on their plants. We have to make sure that doesn't get to the medical marijuana patient. That could be your grandma. That could be yep. your mama, you know. You don't want yeah, your imagine, little sister. Exactly. Imagine it's your grandfather, fumes. thirty-two years old, and you're giving him cannabis extract. You don't want him to get Eagle Twenty in his shit, man. Like he'll die, especially with a compromised immune system giving him arsenic. So this is why you want to have, and regardless if you're in, an, in a non-legal state yet, you want to push for potency testing across the board you want to push for pesticide testing across the board and you want to push for mold testing across the board why to protect you and to protect honest growers that know exactly without cheating and without resorting to harsh chemicals that will hurt you that are like the tenets of things that can i testified to, with the health Board there on what to teach on or what to, to regulate on. I said, do a potency thing, do a pesticide thing, and 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 make sure that you're getting no mold on it because that's the those are the things that are going to actually hurt people with this product, you know. And not only that, the the potency thing comes down to if I buy liquor at the store, I know if it's five is three point two, I know if it's thirty five percent, I know if fifty percent, I know what the percentage is. That's I should know the same for cannabis. It's no different. Very good point. Well, that's a really good, good note there, Steve. So, how you feeling? I didn't even know I was in Jamaica at all. Did you? Oh. Like you know, I've dug into my channel. Um, so the next article, oh, so the last 
Last article is from Leafly. This article is from 420intel.com. Uh, women could use medical marijuana for pain. Touch on that? Yeah, we did. Never mind. Yep. Sorry, guys. That was a good one, too. That was a very good A little bit more prep before the show. I'd... We're going to work a little uh, harder next week. Get yeah, some... next week we'll have this a little bit more fine-tuned. Oh, the show might be a little bit shorter, too, because I didn't intend yeah. it to be quite this long. I apologize. That's how I threw you a note. That's why I threw you a note. I said, hey, brother. <laughs> well, we also had a cool <laughs> random guest with the with the roommate today. So, 420intel.com brought us the next article. Um Jamaica Nota Edible Ganja Products is Rasaya V calls for cannabis orientated. So I can actually speak on this a little bit personally. Matt Rasaya V. He ordered or it was, it was on the edibles. Um, for those of you who don't know, the, they gave the cannabis market in Jamaica to the Rastafarian church since they were oppressed for so long. Ross IAV is, is the guy that has the last word on anything cannabis related. Um, that is my bodyguard slash social liaison there in Jamaica, I guess for lack of better explanation. I mean, there's other things too, but uh, close businesses. Um, he and he introduced, he knows him personally and I've had a chance to talk to him in person at night and visit, you know, go to a couple of there and stuff. It was very cool. Um, but uh, yeah, he says, the uh, reasons being most of the individuals who provide these products have little or no scientific knowledge about ganja, for example, the ratio of ganja used and uh, other ingredients in the preparation of it. He says so. Those of you who don't know, ganja is how they refer to cannabis in Jamaica for the most part. Uh, it says whoever against edibles, Rasay uh, took a jab at the National Council of Organizing Hypocrisy and is very concerned about the negative approach being taken by the ministry. Regarding Ganja, said Rasayevi. Said that the keynote speaker of the Ganja related events on the globe, I do not hear the same level of concern, nor do I see cigarettes or alcohol. Which he's absolutely right. So, at least on that part. So, um, uh, Fred. Uh, again, also from 420 Intel, uh, efficacy decriminalize cannabis by ending prison terms. So France looks like it's going to totally decriminalize cannabis here shortly. Oh, that's good. Of 27. Hell yeah. Um, trying to see what the possession limit was. In this article. I read two articles on this one of the possession limit. Anyways, but basically for personal use, you'd be, you'd be all right then after this year. Um, the next article uh, comes from 420intel.com. I'm sorry, New Hampshire legislature decriminalizes marijuana possession sends pro-prayers desk. Um, for those of you 
mentioned this last week on a podcast that New Hampshire was getting pretty close to legalization. Just whether or not the governor decides to or not. Um, but the governor already said that he put in six four zero and applauded the state legislature a lot of reform. So good. It'll just decriminalize possession within a matter of months. So just a criminalization bill, but still better than a. Yeah, I mean, decriminalizing it is progress. just as helpful. Yep. 420intel.com again. Um, Nevada governor vetoes two marijuana bills. Others are waiting action, which we touched on earlier. Um, he vetoed two bills. He vetoed the Senate bill <laughs> on six, which would allow businesses to partner with labor medical marijuana apprenticeships. Um, he also vetoed bill. Oh, the legislature passed the bill on party line vote in the Senate for uh, 12 to 26 to 13. Um, that would make apprenticeship program more difficult, the, the state said. The governor also struck down Bill 374, which would allow opioid addiction to the list of qualifying conditions for medical marijuana, which we all know should be absolutely a qualifying. Oh my God, man, that would have been that would have been awesome if that one would have passed. That would have been great. Yeah, dude, I get these people hurting. The people that need cannabis, the drug addict, uh, you know, not people out there drug dealing. Not they're only hurting the people that need the stuff for medical bullshit. Big pharma pulling them strings. Yep, and that's exactly what it is. They're like, hold up, no, we need we need our we need our patients, we need our opioid patients to stay addicted to our medicine so we can steep keep on raking in the dough. They did pass a bill that would allow low THC industrial hemp. For research uh, grown on uh, tribal lands, however. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> Minor victory, I guess, on that one. Funny thing to end the show here since we're. Article after this, and then we got our funny article of the week. Uh, Secret Service relax uh, marijuana policy in a bid to swell from 420 until. Com. The um, Secret Service uh, made it so that you can have a previous marijuana. Um, you could have previously tested hot for marijuana or have a previous marijuana conviction. Uh, they'll be hired for Secret Service. Um, basically, no marijuana conviction. Unless it was a felony related conviction, would prevent you from being in Secret Service. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I think it was. I think it was based on drug I use because I I, I yeah. saw that one. Yeah, just usage. Just like if you have if you have used it. I think. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a simple. Good. Oh, I was I was gonna say I I was thinking that it was as simple as if they uh they ask you if you have used it in the past because I know 
that's how a lot of the uh, drug-related uh, questions on the exams or whatever, that's how they go, is, is if you have used it, period. But, uh, yeah, go on. Oh, I was just going to hmm. say, um, you still can't use it. Like, if you test positive for it when you apply for while you're working for them at any point in time, you're still and But you can have used it previously, and you're not fucked, basically. Right, that makes sense. Oh, that's pretty well. That's decent because, um, you know, because it'd be all about being current. Uh, current. Well, yeah, not, obviously. Law. If yeah. you're protecting the president, even if yeah. even if it's dipshit <laughs> Mc Macupa uh, Lupa over there. Um, but hey, I smoke pot at my senior prom with my girlfriend. It <laughs> Yeah, I think we can all agree, yeah, we can all agree. We probably don't want the Secret Service agents smoking, actually protecting the guys. Well, maybe not the <laughs> president, but I was about to say that. Yeah. That's arguable right now. Yeah, that's arguable. The current president, maybe not. Dabbing. Dabbing. No, no dabbing. Oh, shit. Maybe that's what <laughs> we have to do. Is just offer the Secret Service dab. So, was there, see, before you get to that last funny story, was there anything else in the chat? Because I, oh, there I was one more. I got one more. Oh, oh, I guess. Oh, no, no, I do have one more. I got one more. Oh, oh I'm and sorry. Then we'll go to chat. So, oh no, I uh, the last one was California asked major insurance to cover cannabis industry. So, uh, this is also awesome. um, California insurance Jones was. Wants to change the fact that it's not covered. I'm a big believer in competition. Um, so can't, medical marijuana coverance, which would be, oh man, you know how many people would move to California? Oh man, seriously? Uh, that, I mean, that goes right along the lines of what I was just talking about. You know, I mean. If insurance covers your other medicine, then hell, so should it cover your cannabis, because cannabis is medicine, you know? Mm -hmm. so, That's badass. All right, is there any questions or any other things from chat? If anyone wants to contact Chicken Hole, since he was in chat, he says, is D O R G A N nine at iCloud.com. This says great podcast. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> well, that's what we're doing for this new podcast. Um, we'll We'll try to make it a little shorter next time. My intention wasn't to make it quite so long, although I just kind of hit the big, uh, the big things, um, the big uh, article. Like we covered a bunch of good stuff. I feel like your content was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, we hit we hit a good stride there for a guys, while. I feel like this was this was pretty fun for me like, personally. Uh, do you guys feel like the content was good this episode? I feel like we got a lot of really good topics. Yeah, I think with a with a, at least a forewarning of a day or so where we could look at it and prepare a little bit and maybe categorize it. Like if you got stories in we'll, Arkansas, we can put them all together and for sure. stuff like that. And but other than that, it was a lot of fun. And the abridged version, right? Uh, if I'm using that correctly, would probably be pretty damn good. <laughs> for sure. Next time we. 
this is again this is our first time and I ended up being having less time today than I anticipated to extra so I'll get a I was trying to be back today and got here back later today so it took me a while longer to get everything set up so yeah plus the, you know roommate took over one too no I'm just kidding um <laughs> no that was that that was good that was part of the flow too I mean it was it was great yeah it was good content though from yeah great content we had some great discussions i thought uh you know i think brain group could chime in on that too we had some good ones there you work with yeah it was that's uh, that's why i said it was it was fun it was entertaining for me i enjoyed it good discussion so chicken hole asked what was the name of the other organization you mentioned like normal and it was no no what was the name of it before that the one you just said Oh, so he says it's Americans for Safe Access. Americans for Safe Access. And that's one thing I meant to bring up earlier that I didn't forget. That might have been what I mentioned, normal.org. That's the saying, you know, for you guys, you can Google it in this day and age, but norml.org. Normal.org. That's where you can find out about where your concentrates what whether they've got cbd oil is legal or not if you go yep. to you know, they each they got a state map and it's you click on your state and it'll tell you every all the laws in your state and i i, I think steve can uh, vouch for this it's up to date isn't it up to date in general so both americans for safe access and normal are both well first and then followed by normal would both be great at um, like so say you get arrested for cannabis and then you know you get out um, go to both of those websites and and both of them are great resources especially Americans for safe access for lawyers and for legal help and for advice from people that have been through the same or worse situations than you have and it costs nothing to be a member of Americans for safe access well it's great and normally okay. require a fee so <laughs> I'm just explaining. They're, I mean, equal, they're both good, but Americans for Safe Access is a little bit better. Probably because it was taken over from the corporate normal, what normal ended up having to turn into all those years. Great organization. Well, there's just the fewer, front, there's just fewer interests, that's all. But I like that America for safe, Americans for Safe Access. Say that again for me. Yeah, Americans for Safe Access. Okay. Americans for Safe Access. All right. All right. You guys ready for the last article of the day? This one's a fucking funny. All right. The last article of the day is completely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> man smokes cannabis joint, cuts off penis, stabs mom repeatedly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he's, he's <home>. <laughs> <laughs> A teenager cut off his own penis and stabbed his mother with a knife during a psychotic episode brought on by a potent cannabis called Skunk. Supposedly. As we oh, all know, shit. this is totally a bullshit. A potent cannabis so, called yeah, Skunk. Yeah, for the record, this is total bullshit. We all know it's bullshit. That's the first indicator. That's the first indicator. So that, the, the story is just so comically ridiculous that that's why we're laughing because there's no way that we cuss this. 
It sounds like bath salts to me. The I was going to say bath salts. Drug trigger a psychotic episode and shining story and effort to spread awareness about skunk, uh, as it's called oh, in the United Kingdom. Identified man <laughs> started smoking marijuana when he was 16, switched to skunk, a more powerful form of cannabis. And soon became paranoid. Shit, he was probably from going and getting skunked and having him spray space. his face. Well, this is from the Daily Caller, which is like, you know, satirical. 90% of the time. <laughs> but, you know, it's still uh, uh, still one of the articles put out about weed. So I just, I just wanted to throw this out there because it's just so fucking stupid. But uh, we're going to try and always end the episode. <laughs> with something funny or ridiculous or like on, on, an, on a positive note one of the, or who knows <laughs> or or we might end one with Steve taking a three gram dab yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cumulative and uh, I don't know oh it was a good first time it was a long one so it was a marathon. But yeah, that was a little longer than I intended. I was <laughs> trying to do in one to an hour to an hour and a half. I gotta work thanks to you guys in chat that hung thanks around. To, thanks to Chicken Hole who stuck around for the whole episode. For sure, I think you're the only person stuck beginning to end at least. And lots of people through here for quite a long time, but the end episode ended up running so damn long. But good thing we didn't start at six thirty. That would have been a hell of an episode. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Oh, we got a little bit of our kinks worked out. I, I, we were able to follow. I was able to anyway, so it was uh, pretty good. We, I had some technical difficulties tonight, as usual, uh, which you always have in these kind of shows. But but uh, it was very enjoyable and funny. But, you know, we had some good laughs, too. Hey, uh, Chicken Hole, repost whatever it was that got auto-modded. I think I fixed it. Yeah, Mike is, uh, Arise One says he'll put his link to his case on the on the description as well. I'm going to put a link to all the links um, that we talk about in the show on the description. So if you're interested at home, um, it's going to just take me a little bit because we do this all up in Excel to make it nice and neat, but then it means more annoying when I copy and paste it. So um, I'll get that fixed. Ready? Uh, if you guys are interested, um, make sure you check out the show. We do another show on uh, Thursdays um, called Growing with Fishes, um, or we do more of a grow. It's more of a grow-oriented show. Um, please join us then. Um, thanks again for watching. A big, big ups to Brian Grow. Um, what's your channel? I know you have a channel. It's Coyote Grows. Oh right? uh, yeah, yeah. I'm on. I'm on YouTube. Uh, B r a y n e g r. R-O, I'm sorry, B-R-A-Y-N-E-G-R-O, Brain Grow. I, I actually uh, got around to uploading my video of the finished product of my breeding chamber. So if you're interested, make sure you go and check that out as well. And you can also find me on Instagram at uh, B-R-A-Y-N-E underscore G-R-O. And I'm posting a lot more daily stuff on that, on some of the projects that I work on. So uh, check me out on there as well if you have Instagram. How can people find out more about you, Roger? Well, 
Right now, I'm just um, going to be working at the website, ilovegrownmarijuana.com, and we've got some new projects going up, and uh, they'll be, we'll be talking about that in the very near future. It seems like every every week we think we're going to launch, and it's not right. It's not ready yet. So we got some ideas that are going to be very interesting, uh, and it's a network, which is going to be an informational network. So I think it's going to be very interesting to everybody once we get the kinks ironed out. So i got a project in the works with that. And, of course, i got, you know, I'm always uh, experimenting with my genetics from the website, you know. Um, that's always fun. Grow some. That's me. Grow some meds. Be happy. Be mellow. Awesome. If you guys are looking to find out more, check out my YouTube channel, Ponics. Um, email me directly, potentpodcast.gmail.com. Check out my website, .com. And, uh, yeah, check us out on Thursdays as well for uh, the Growing with Fishes podcast, the Aquaponic Cannabis Growing Podcast, where we touch on cannabis culture as well as growing. Um, it's more of a stoner show yeah. as well as a grow show. <laughs> so, alrighty, uh, thanks for joining us, um, and we'll see you guys next time. Uh, we're going to cut to the outro thanks to uh, uh yeah.